Listen to the LARP Lounge live on Sundays at 12 p.m. Mountain Standard Time at twitch.tv slash errorstar. That's twitch.tv slash A-R-R-U-S-T-A-R. To this first premiere uh, episode of the LARP Lounge, here I am with Lita Deadmos, but she told us something about her real last name. So my real last name is Paxinarian. It's Lita Paxinarian. Not a lot of people know that. Uh, Deadmost was actually a nickname given to my character in game. Given by who? It was given by Forley. We were in the Arbor Isles. Uh, in the Arbor Isles, all of the characters are ghosts. Oh, yes. And since I was undead and a ghost, I was Deadmost. <laughs> and yeah. it just kind of stuck. That's how things happen, though, in LARP, just like with real life. Things just tend to stick. <laughs> so, how's everybody doing today? It'll be, oh, by the way, when someone comes in brand new and they follow, I will sing the Mr. Rogers song at them. So, just. All right. I was going to tell prepared. you that beforehand. I have been warned. <laughs> yes, I was going to tell you beforehand, but I forgot. So, now everyone knows. <laughs> In fact, I should. There is an alert I wanted to replay for Luca. Oh, I don't have my tip, my tip jar or anything on there. Yeah, we'll get it all worked out. Oh well, we'll get it later. We don't have the bit boss or nothing. Lots of stuff goes into this. Yeah, I can see that. I, so. I'm much more the like hacky slashy type. A lot less the technical <laughs> type. I mean, you don't have to be very technical to play World of Warcraft. So. No. <laughs> Yeah, she has joined the World of Warcraft craze along with everybody else for the original. Yeah, well, yeah, I, think, I, I, I think played vanilla back in the day, and so it was very um, nostalgic for me. It's Chrono Trigger is nostalgia. WoW is not nostalgia. No, no, no. It was so. I also, I also played Warcraft back in the day. Yeah, that's so what I love. Originally, playing World of Warcraft was like cool right and so for me now i i stepped away from the game for like 10 years yeah because i played for the first five years and then stepped away for 10 years and so now it's nostalgia for me again cool and actually i mean world of warcraft counts. is where i got my character name lita lita is my character in world of warcraft which is actually from a comic book, too. That's actually so, where I got it originally. <laughs> Aerostar, which is my channel name, is from a D&D. But this character, since I haven't introduced myself yet, I'm terrible. This character is Jovi Smash. One of the Smash Brothers. My other Smash Brother is in chat. Nevitz Gaming. He is uh, my brother. He is Boji Smash. He wields a hammer. I wield a mace. And together we smash. Yes, they do. And by the way, we came up with this name way prior to the Smash Brothers video games. <laughs> I mean, we have no proof of that, but I'm just telling you, we played them in a D&D game many moons ago. But anyway, we're here to talk about LARP. So, oh, yeah. the Sorry. the no, it's fine. Like, that's what I want. We need to fill this time somehow. So, <laughs> the title of this one is, What is LARP? So, to you, what is LARP? All right, so like if somebody approaches me or asks me on Facebook or whatever, like what is LARP? Uh, my go-to answer is um, it's live action D&D or it's improv theater where you get to beat people with foam weapons. 
depending on who I'm talking to. If I don't think they know what D and D is, then I go with the latter. Well, let's go with they. They don't assume they don't know what D and D is. Yeah. So improv, where you're 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 acting a part, but you don't have scripted lines, right? So you're you're you have a character with a background, history, motivations, personality, and you basically adopt those as yourself and you go with a whole bunch of other people who have these new personas and um, you act in a world with them. Uh, some LARPs are what they call a parlor LARP where there's no fighting involved. It's all just role play. Um, but the LARP that uh, we attend together is a, it's, a, it's about 50-50 combat and role play. And um, well, and in my opinion, combat is still role play because oh, you are absolutely. still you're still taking the role of the combatant. So rather than rolling a dice and having the dice say whether you hit or not, it's you have to actually hit you them. actually have to hit them. So you know there is some some skill involved that you will parlor over time because in the beginning I was terrible. Oh yeah, I'm better now. I'm still not as good as some of the others, but. Uh, you learn and you yeah, adapt. You do. You definitely learn. So, my my first time playing Lita before she was undead, when she was a, you know, pretty sexy elf, <laughs> back in the day, she um, I was dual wielding two short swords, and I yeah I was garbage. I was on the ground more than I was up. And then I eventually switched to a two-hander because I really liked the reach, be able to keep things away from me and hit them hard. But now I do sword and board because the board keeps me alive and the sword keeps them at bay. <laughs> so for those of you that don't know, the slang sword and board stands for sword and shield. Right. So <laughs> board because sometimes they were literally made out of boards back in the day. So, I mean, a wooden shield is basically a board. Yeah. Fancier, but still a board. So that's, I mean, basically LARP. So, I mean, I, I agree with her um, to kind of make it, you know, you, you do play the character in all aspects of it. and uh, Yeah, you become the character. Yeah, you become the character in all aspects. And, and, and this is where I think having a background and having... Motivations. Like motivation and morals is even more so important than D and D because in D and D sometimes you can just say nothing. Uh, that's not always the case in LARP because there will be one on one conversations, and if you don't have a solid drive or background for your character, it's very difficult to answer the way your character would answer. Now I want to hit people with a two by four. Well, I think your hammer does more damage than a two by four, so I think you should stick with that. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, hit them with a board. I, I'll bet you there is a because they have those apocalypse LARP weapons now. I'll bet you there is oh, one yeah. that's just like a board with yeah. nails in it, though. Yep. Probably with nails. <laughs> yep, they've got. If those. it's apocalypse, they've got, they've got, got like a wooden bat with hmm. nails in it. They've got all kinds of stuff now. Actually, a lot of the LARP weapon companies are coming out with a lot of new stuff. Recently. Yeah, they are. So LARP's getting 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 some notice. Sword and two by four board, dude. Have you uh, two by four wielding that in one? You'd have to cut it down. Because at the lengths they come in the store, it's too unwieldy. But I mean, you just gotta 
cut it like three times and glue them together so that at least it's wide enough to block with. Yeah. Because the two by four doesn't, I mean, like you have to be pretty accurate that to would block be a, an attack with that. That would be like a two by 12 at that yeah. point in time. Yeah, that's that yeah. would be kind of funny, though. I don't know that they have any shields like that, but I bet you they have weapons like that. I mean, I could make you one if you wanted me to. Yeah. yeah. We'll talk about that in our next episode. <laughs> her her lovely crafting and stuff like that. We're going to call it Tools of the Trade. Yeah. Making LARP weapons and armor and stuff. This armor was made by me and other people, too. So we'll talk about that. It was a pain in the butt. Yeah. Um, and in the beginning, so back to what LARP is. In the beginning, I didn't have... A very good concrete idea of what Jovi was, and so I didn't talk a lot. And as such, I missed out on a lot of things until I started to solidify. Yeah, see, Gaming Mama helped me make it. She did a lot of the lifting. That's awesome. She did a lot of it. So, when I say heavy lifting, as in she did like most of the work. So, uh, and my buddy here bought the bought the stuff. We'll talk about that in the next episode. So. Also, hi, Gaming Mama. Thanks for being here. I appreciate it. Um, so now I have a more, I mean, basically I play Jovi like a paladin, which has caused some confusion in game <laughs> because some people think that I am a class called a white knight because the white knight basically is played like a paladin. Right. It's it's a paladin without a deity. So in, in our world, yeah, we don't really have, we don't have deities. Yeah, I've never really we have heard. super powerful, um, you know, creatures, uh, beings, um, and different ones go by different names, whether they're primordials or um, demons or you know whatever. But we don't have deities. Um, so a white knight. Uh, which is kind of based off a of paladin, right? Is basically somebody that just tries to do what's good, right? And and taking people's um, motivations into consideration, uh, and not just oh well you broke the law, right? So a lot of people will think like a lawful good person will be like, well no, it doesn't matter. You broke the law, you're you know you're going to jail or you're paying the fine or whatever. Where a white knight will take into consideration well, okay, you broke the law, but you were trying to feed your starving family, and so let's fix the problem that drove you to breaking the law rather than punishing you for trying to protect yourself. I would say with White Knight specifically, I would say their deity is the code. Yes. Because the code is above all. And as she was talking about, one of the parts of the code is temperance. Is that you have to, like she was saying, you, can, you sometimes you have to look at the situation and dish out a punishment that is just. Because, it may, like she said, it may say that you have to cut off their hands, but you need to look at the situation. And sometimes you have to temper your justice with mercy. Because that is one of the aspects of it. Absolutely. Because I had to read it recently because I had a magic item that enforced me to play it. I don't have that magic item anymore. Oh, you don't? No. I sacrificed it to kill... Uh, to kill Talzagor. To kill Talzagor. So they wouldn't let me sacrifice my last safe death. I, I'm, I'm <laughs> glad. Yeah. yeah. Barris looked at me and he's all, no. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. So. I was like... Um, so in LARP, speaking of, you have, 
deaths. So it's not like in D&D where your character dies and you're done. Uh, the way it starts is you have three safe deaths, I believe. At, at our specific LARP that we go to, Mythic Realms, yeah. um, you have three safe deaths. So that means the first three times you die, you're guaranteed to come back alive. Um, but uh, you have what's what we call our, our death marble bag, right? So it there's 10 marbles in the bag at all times. And these these kind of represent like your character's inner resolve to return to the fight, return to the living world. Right. Like an average person in this world, like a common farmer, doesn't have this will to return to life. So it's it's kind of something that's special to adventurers. So Right. Yeah, cyclic and non-cyclic. Exactly. That's what we call it. Yeah, exactly. So the <clears throat> sorry, the uh the first uh, bag, if you will, is assembled with eight white marbles, one blue marble, and one black marble. The white marbles, um, if you draw one of those, you come back to life, but you don't remember anything that happened in the last half an hour. Uh, the blue marble, if you draw that, you come back to life, and you remember what happened in the last half hour. And then the black marble means that you're dead and you're not coming back to life, right? And then every time you die, um, if you don't draw the black marble, one of the white marbles gets replaced with a black marble. So the more times you die, the higher the chance is that you will draw a black marble. So my character has got eight black marbles, uh, one blue marble, and one white marble left. So if I die again, I'm not coming back. And the only reason that I've come back as many times as I have is actually because of plot. <laughs> um, because in-game, they had certain in-game mechanics or um, abilities that, that brought me back to life, even though I should have died. I drew the black marble. I was, my soul was shredding into oblivion. And the demon that I had just given another part of my soul to grabbed my soul and said, no, it's a white knight soul that's too valuable to me, and pulled it back together. And that's how I survived that one. Yes, Storm Dragon. She has experience drawing the black marble. Oh, yeah. And this weekender, we actually had a character draw a black marble. It was their fourth death. Yeah. So the she odds were still bad. pretty low, and she was pretty bummed. And I know Storm Dragon, when it happened to her, she was, she was heartbroken. That's, I mean, yeah. there's no, there's no sugarcoating it. She had a hard time with it for a while because you invest a lot of time and energy into these characters. It's, it's more than a piece of paper. Um, yeah, it, it, it becomes a part of yourself, and she played does. that character for what five? I don't know how long. Years? How long did you play Storm Dragon? Or Storm, I guess. I don't think that was your last name. It was Storm. What was your last name? That's a good question. Did you even have a last name? It'll take a while. There's a big delay. Oh, big delay. Oh, okay. That's good to know. Like, when they, even for them to, like, when they type it, it takes a while for us to see it, and then it takes them for a while to hear us, gotcha. and then vice versa. So this will be investment and attachments. Yeah, see, he's, he's hearing about it. Yeah, like, there's a huge attachment to it and yeah. investment. Like, this was $300. $500, $500 worth of materials, which is still cheaper than if I had bought it pre-made. 
Yeah. So my my set of armor that um, that I wear is leaked. I didn't wear it today because it's not very comfortable to just sit in. But I have a full set of plate mail uh, that I wear, and I bought it used from somebody who had like bought it as a prop for a photo shoot once. <laughs> and I was like, yes, please. She sold it to me for six hundred dollars for the full set, and that was like half the price it would have been new. Oh, he's not so. talking money investment, and that's true. You do invest your time, uh, and you and you have a lot of in-game time oh, where yeah. you spent establishing connections with other characters. Yeah, and you you establish. Well, he said I have a a viewer here in the studio. He said most characters are about five years old, so you can imagine playing a character for five years straight. So let's see. The full name was Kandara Aurora, but she went by Storm. I played from the time I started till about five years ago. Yeah, so she played for five years, which is about the average. So, But the other thing is is that you develop what she called a plot. Like, it, it is story that is designed around your character. And this doesn't just happen on its own. You have to pursue this. You have to want it. And that's another huge investment. Like, currently I'm searching for something in-game called the Shield of Spring. Uh, which has taken a while. I've just recently gotten a huge lead on that, but I had to follow that. And it would really suck if from a year from now, I'm like this close from forging it, and then I died. Yeah. Like that would be the worst thing that could happen. Uh, so that's kind of, I think, what, what Nevis Gaming is talking about with investment. Like as you, you get invested in these stories, you get invested in other people. Uh, like I'm a warden. Oh, can I tell you the story? Of when I, I almost obliterated. Okay, so when I when I died, right, and they're like your your soul is shredding apart, and um, and this demon brings it back together, right? And I'm like, oh my gosh, my character's a white knight. My character fights against demons. I had given a piece of my soul to this demon so that we could defeat a greater demon. Um, You're talking was, about the demon in the dream world when we fought. Yeah, yeah, at Winterfest. She yeah, got a lot Damos. of crap for that. I got a lot of crap for that. But you know, I, I also, um, I, I play Lita as a white knight, always looking for the, like, the greater good, right? Like, no, I don't do deals with demons, but if I, if we don't get the rebirth that this demon is offering us, we're all going to die, and then this greater demon that we're fighting is going to wreak havoc across Cerulea. And so I decided to make the deal. It was worth my sacrifice to save everyone else. Um, but then I died in the big boss fight. Um, and the demon, um, you know, pulls my soul back together. And I had to make the decision, do I want to come back to life or do I want to stay dead? Because now I have this demon, like, inseparably attached to my soul. But Lita, as a character, um, now out of game, I have six kids. Um, and three of them are really too young to LARP. Um, so I put in Lita's backstory that she has three nieces and nephews. Um, just in case I ever had to bring them with me, 
I would have a reason for having them there. And their, um, their mother, my uh, Lita's sister, had died, right? And so I was in charge of them. And most of the time I paid someone else to take care of them while I you know, did the adventuring and earned the money. But um, when I was there in the circle trying to make that decision of whether I was going to come back to life or if I was going to let myself die permanently so that I wouldn't be attached to this demon, I thought about the children, right? Like, Lita's in charge of these children and they're innocent and they're, um, they're alone in the world without her. And I walked up to one of the other PCs that I was um, role-playing with who was trying to help me make this decision. And I was like, will you take care of the children? And I started bawling. And he started bawling. And he said, yes. And then had to turn and walk away. Because that investment, that like, it's not just my character. Like, how is this affecting everybody else? If I die, you know, that's, it's just me, right? I'm gonna come back as a new character and it's not a big deal. And that's kind of how I've always viewed it. But there in that moment, when I had to make that decision of, okay, well, it's here. Do you die or do you choose to come back to life? And, and I was so torn. And thinking about, you know, as, as a mom in real life, thinking about if I was, if this was the real world and I had to make that choice to leave my children forever or to be able to come back, like, it's, it was so real and so vivid. I was, I was on a high for like three days after that because that experience uh, brought up so many emotions and so much like adrenaline and attachment that it was the best LARP experience that I ever had was that like connection of this is me even though it's Lita, right? That's still a part of me and that's still me making the decisions. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. Okay, so, <laughs> I mean, that's good to know. I didn't know that there was that much involved in that, but, and the other reason she chose to do it is because she knew that if she didn't, I would have felt like a terrible warden for letting her die. <laughs> no, uh, no, 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 because that was before you were my warden. Oh. Because that was Winterfest. Oh, you didn't bond I didn't bond until you till after. After that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So when she, I'll get to your question in a second too, Outlander. I did see it. So, and that's actually a really good question. And if anyone else in the audience has questions, please feel free to ask them. Um, so yeah, Nevis Gaming took five years to get his hammer. So imagine if he was four and a half years. At that point, he probably had all the materials. He maybe needed only one material, and then he died. Like all of that would have been for nothing. So that's kind of what he's talking about with the character investment. So. Um, Outlander asks, is there an alignment aspect? And if so, how do you determine alignment changes? So there isn't a, it's not as like a structure as like in D and D where there's lawful good, neutral good, etc. Characters will definitely show when they're made aspects of those alignment. So for example, 
my alignment, if you were to say I have one, is lawful good, and I just choose to play it that way. There isn't really like a strict structure where they're like, oh, this action made you change your alignment, because you don't actually have one when you design your character. So, I play lawful good, so that means like I follow the laws of the land, and I try to do good over evil most of the time, or every time. They're like, there is no most. That would be neutral. So, uh, I would say Lita's probably lawful good as well, too, especially since she's a white knight. It's kind of one of those unwritten rules that they just kind of go hand in hand but we definitely even amongst our town and uh, we call it a town but it's really our adventuring party there are people that are of various alignments we have a guy i would easily say he is probably neutral evil because he will think and he did do this uh a, a little while ago and got yelled at profusely he killed the guy to steal his money <laughs> he claims that he didn't do it to steal his money but unfortunately, he got, when the guy died, he picked up his sword and there was an in-game aspect where essentially a photo was taken in-game and this guy was sent back to another place and the photo was shown to everyone that he was sent to. So even though he says he didn't kill the guy to steal his stuff, there is literally an in-game photo of him holding this guy's weapon over his dead corpse. <laughs> Boji would be compared to Chaotic Good, and I agree with that. He doesn't necessarily always follow the law, which is funny because he was the sheriff for a while, and he was the law. Seems to be most of our sheriffs, I think, are Chaotic Good. Yeah, I would definitely say Crow. He was uh, the most recent sheriff as well. He was a big old barbarian. Uh, He will probably be on one of my other streams. So, uh, yes, we are streaming today from Ascendance Gaming Center. I want to uh, thank them specifically for providing their space for me and their time. Because I would not have been able to do this from my personal space. They're just, it just was not con- conducive to this sort of, I guess, atmosphere. And just there just wasn't enough space, period, end of story. So I really appreciate that. If you're anybody local here from Utah, I would definitely recommend checking them out. So uh, back to her death when she talked about a rebirth. In Mythic, there are skills and abilities and some can only be used per day limits there are some that you can use per battle and every time you get like a five minute rest that that's considered a rest and you get those battle abilities back but daily abilities you do not get back unless they call a reset or if there's a rebirth so when she talked about giving us a rebirth she's talking about everybody that was on their adventure all of their expended daily abilities she sacrificed her life so that they could all get those daily abilities back which, at the point in time where we were at, almost everybody had already expended Everything. most, if not all, of their daily abilities. And so we would have gone into the final fight as weaklings. We would have had absolutely as, no as chance. As farmers, basically. Yeah, we, would have, we <laughs> wouldn't have had... Uh, it was still hard, but it was a lot easier because we had all of our abilities back. Um, Did you see that one? Oh, Luke, no, I didn't. Where's it? Oh, okay. Coming in late, so you might have answered this already. Is there like a character sheet or something? Yes. There is a character sheet that they can print out for you. They have... Do you have one? I don't have uh, my character sheet, but this is a cheat sheet that I wrote up based off of my character sheet. Actually... Oh, go ahead. I just got this like little leather-bound book um, off of Amazon and then just printed up pages... This tells me like my combat abilities, um, my utility abilities, 
uh, how long it takes me to die and all the different ways that I can resist death. Um, it's all, I've also got the white knight code in here, my white knight abilities. But yeah, they do have a character sheet that that they that the uh, game runners fill out and you update it with them. Yeah, and the way that you... So there's not necessarily leveling up. Every time you play, you earn skills. And every ability in the game costs so many skill points. And the higher... So there are levels in skills. So for example, I have level 5 of... Uh, Grant well-being, which cost me a lot of skill points to get there, uh, and they have a full, they have like a full-on Excel spreadsheet that does all the math and everything for them, and let you know if you have enough. Um, if you would like Luca Lock, I actually have Jack Traits. What's up? Yeah, LARP. Woohoo! Go LARP! Oh, and that was the first thing I wanted to get to. So everyone that doesn't know, LARP stands. It's a short uh, anagram. Is that the Acronym for live action role play. So if you say LARPing, it's live action role playing. So that was like the first thing I meant to get to, and I didn't even get to it. You just reminded me. So thank you, Jack Drake. So um, if you would like to see, though, Luca Lock, I do have a character sheet into my car that I could go grab. Um, you should send him to grab it. Yeah, I could actually send my helper to go get it. But it's so in my tote. My larger brown bag, it's in there. It's good. If you look in the bag, there should be cuffs. Yes, I have handcuffs because I was a deputy. It's nothing weird, all right? It's just for in-game when I have to detain a suspect. Yeah, no, I don't have my character. They were given to me by the sheriff, who is now retired and is gone. So they kind of mean something to me. And, to, and a lot of people don't know this. He was my cousin. Wait, what? Yeah. Uh, so, and Boji can confirm this. So, are there different LARP organization games that have different character sheets? I don't know if they have different character sheets, but yes, there are different LARP organizations. Even amongst Utah, we have at least three or four. Yeah, there's, uh, uh there's three that are currently active that I'm aware of. Yeah. And yes, everyone has their own different style of character sheet. Yes, that is why I have cuffs, alright? There's nothing weird going on, no, if it's gaming. They were given to me by the sheriff. But anyway, um, to answer your question, uh, Luca Locke, um, we play in Mythic Realms, which is the one that we're talking about currently. There is another one that's called Alliance LARP. Um, and what, I don't know what the third one so, so the third one is Rexorit. Oh. Um, so Alliance LARP is oh, actually a, um, it's a nationwide game. So they have chapters in different areas. Is it, I thought Alliance was nationwide too, technically, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, Alliance. That's yeah. what I'm talking about. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, yeah. So Alliance is, is nationwide. So they've got, you know, a chapter in Seattle, and they've got a chapter in Kansas, and they've got a chapter in um, Denver. Uh, oh. The chapter here is, is two years old, so fairly new. Actually, there's another one we're forgetting too. It's called Amped Guard. Oh, yeah. So mm -hmm. there's, there's Amped Guard and um, Belagarth. And Amped Guard, I played a little bit. They are focused a lot more on the combat side of it, and they do, like, giant wars. If any of you have seen the movie Role Models, what they do in Role Models is extremely similar to how Amped Guard functions. Although Role Models had a little bit more character development than I typically see in Amp Guard. But to be fair, I haven't been to Amp Guard in a few years. So the, there have been there could have been changes made that I'm not aware of. But that is another one. If you just want to go and hit stuff 
Ampgard is the way to go. Yeah, Ampsgard and Belagarth both are yeah. very combat oriented. So, anyway, here's your question, Luca Locke. Uh, can you see this, Shay? I mean, not very well, but can you see it on camera? She can't hear me. No, she can't hear you. So she'll hear me through the delay. Yeah, you can see it. Okay. okay. So this is the character sheet. I don't know. You probably can't see it very well, but it's kind of broken up into different things. Like, here's my battle abilities. Uh, here's my utilities. Utilities are... Um, they're skills that are not always combat-oriented. Yeah, they're not always combat-oriented. Um, some of them are. And then there's another section for like my class. Like I'm the warden class, so I have to spend abilities specifically for my warden class. Um, and then down in the bottom right, it kind of shows me how many times per day or per battle I can use my abilities. So... I don't know. Does does you play? I just forgot it. Alliance. Alliance. Do they have a character sheet? So um, they have a um, a website where you can go and generate your character, um, and it saves it in their database, um, and you can print it out from there. A lot of, and a lot of people actually, um, you if if you haven't like printed out your character sheet. An alliance, they require you to always have your character sheet on you. They call, they call that your spirit. If you don't have your spirit, your character isn't alive, isn't there, right? So you have to have it on you. Um, and But it can be, like, handwritten, but it has to be physical. It can't be on your phone. It has to be a physical oh. piece of paper that you carry with you at all times. See, because at Mythic, you can have it on your phone. Yeah. So I have, I literally have a paper one and I have a, a backup one on my phone, which is the most accurate one. And I only have them printed off every few months because sometimes the changes are so minute that I don't need a new sheet every time I update. So, um, yeah, Mythic Realms, I think you can go to the website and make your character there too. You start with so they, 20 skill points. I've never yeah, actually so tried it. You start with 20 skill points. Um, you just, it's in their rule book at the very back of the rule book. There's a, like, quick start character guide, right? And it says, okay, choose one of these types of skills. Choose one of these types of skills. But it doesn't, like, go into depth or really Does explain okay. anything. Um, and you can't, like, so you can print out a sheet and then, like, hand fill it out. But that's really so that you can take that sheet to, uh, you open know, house. an open house and um, have them generate an actual character sheet for oh. you. My only understanding of LARP is that it's sort of like D&D in real life, sort of, so that's why I was asking about sheets. Yeah, no, that's totally fine. Like, we appreciate any and all questions. Yeah. Uh, we, and you're right. Basically, it is like D&D, but you, instead of having your character say this, you say this. Instead of your character fighting, you fight. Yeah. Um, no dice rolls. It's all actual. Oh, there's occasionally <laughs> dice rolls for magic items, but that's, yeah. that's more <laughs> that's of like... Different. That's like the whole wow, need over want, and then if you want right. it, you roll. Anyway, um, but you're rolling to see who gets the highest dice roll to see who gets the magic item. Because there's a lot of us in town, and a lot of us want the same magic item. And that has been the fair way that we have discovered of doing it. Yeah. So, um, And when it comes to the fact that you're role-playing everything, it can get pretty intense. Because if you have a... Um, Okay, cool. Yes, it is cool. It's very cool. So, if you have a specific, thanks for being here. By the way, I thought you were in church. So I'm. I'm. Oh no, that was. Uh, 
No, that was somebody else. But you've been talking to me a lot lately too, Luca Lock. So I appreciate that you've been here. So, um, what was it? Oh yeah. So like, if you have a very specific like idea set and everything in mind for your character, it does make it so that you might clash with other people. Um, do people cheat at LARP? Yes. <laughs> Long story short, yes. There is a you know kind of this whole thing of monitor yourself. Um, sometimes people cheat inadvertently because in the heat of battle, stuff happens and it's hard to keep track of everything that's going on. But then there are other things, um, whoop for stream, <laughs> yay, stream SLC. Um, it doesn't happen very often and if it is something major, we do have staff and they can and they will step in. Yeah. Um. I have been there for a conversation with another guy where they, it was pretty intense um, because he was cheating and he was consecutively doing it. I'm not going to go into de details, but they were definitely on top of him. There was actually an event specifically where there was a monster walking around who was invisible. And there are ways to see things that are vis invisible. You have to have a spell. You have to have a headband that, that designates that you can see them. But there was very specifically a character who did not have that spell, who did not have that headband on, and he was watching this invisible character step for step. And he literally, and he was an archer, and he waited until the thing became invisible and shot it immediately. And staff literally jumped in and was like, you couldn't see him, your shot didn't count, and lose half of your abilities for the rest of this session. So... I mean, it was a pretty blatant one that there was a staff right there watching it, and he literally, if it is that blatant, they will jump into game, yeah. and they will address it. Yeah. And, and the reason why is because that ruins the immersion for everyone else, and it ruins the fun. Right. Um, yeah, thank God, yeah. So, I mean, there is cheating, but they do something about it. They're not just going to let it happen. Um, yeah. Because, you know, like something like that made that fight... If he had hit that guy, it made that fight a whole lot easier, and it took the challenge out for everybody else. And it's really hard for you to ignore the invisible guy that you can't see if there's another guy who's watching it step by You know what I mean? Because it's kind of that whole mob mentality. When he starts doing it, you just inadvertently want to start doing it too. Um, and it is really hard, you know, because you can't physically go invisible. It's really hard to ignore an invisible person. And when you have one or two people that aren't doing it, it just makes it that much harder to continue to ignore them. Yeah. Um, so, yes, cheating happens, but it is addressed. Um, yeah. So our, our staff works really hard to keep the game fair and um, to, you know, keep cheaters reprimanded. And, and if they do not cease and desist, then they will, they will be asked to leave. And that, like Nevis said, most of the people are pretty mature and they don't cheat. And the, yeah. part of the reason why is because we've, we've kind of instilled this honor code of, of monitor yourself. And it works in Mythic because people are harder on their... I, I feel like they're harder on themselves than somebody else would be. So uh, people... And because they want the game to be fun. Right. They don't want it ruined for them by somebody else cheating. So they're going to... They, a lot of people just follow the golden rule, you know, that they want to be treated the way they want others to be treated. So they don't want the game ruined for them. So they're not going to ruin the game for somebody else. Yeah. So it is very rare. 
There could be a lot more going on behind the scenes that I don't know about, but that's the way it's done too, is they don't want everyone to know that someone got reprimanded because that's just humiliating. Right. And so they do try to keep things like that on a one-by-one personal basis. Yep. So, you know, if you do cheat, there, like I said, there was that one event in-game, but I've that's r- rare. Yeah. I've never, I that's like the first time I've ever seen them in-game be like, yo, you can't do that. No more of that. Right. Most of the time it'll be done at like an open house when when you go in to update your character. When you go in and update your character, it's usually a one-on-one situation unless you allow someone to be in the room with you. And that's when they usually will address any and all concerns that they have with you or your character and your playing. So it's kept pretty confidential. So that's another really good thing I like about it. So. Yeah, I think I think the biggest um, place where people cheat, but often inadvertently, is with their health. When when you get hit in in combat, and it's really really hard to math in combat, but you have to, right? Like, so you're like, okay, so I have twenty hit points, right? And uh, my armor makes it so that. Anything higher than a five that hits me gets reduced to just five. So I'm like, all right, so I can get hit four times by something that's five or higher before I'm down if I don't parry or dodge or whatever else the damage, right? Um, But sometimes when you're getting hit really fast... It's and a lot of people are hitting you. It's hard to keep track of the damage. So when to deal damage to somebody, you swing your sword and you have to make a call. Is what they they say. It's a call. Your damage, right? So you say two normal or five ice or you know whatever type of damage it is and how much damage it is. My favorite kind of damage is nine ice because when you say that really fast it just sounds like you're swinging for nice so you're just being really nice to everybody because there was a player at one time who swung for nine ice and that is really hard to say slowly and he would say it fast and i swear to god it sounded exactly like he was saying nice so he's nice 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 so he was he was befriending the enemies to death it was great yeah, yeah, twice. Twice yeah. is the other common. Yeah, two, uh, twice. Yeah. Twice. 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 Yeah, it's just it just comes out really interesting when you're trying to say it really fast. But like, anyway. say, like trying to say seven silver is yeah. really hard yeah. in combat. A lot of times, people will actually adjust. You can adjust your damage down from what you're supposed to be doing. Five Earth. Five Earth. Is it Firth? Is that what you're trying to say? Because I swing for five flame, and a lot of times it sounds like fame. Fame, 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 fame. <laughs> so, f- fiber. Oh, yeah, fiber. The, he does, actually, because he, he can so swing weird. for Earth occasionally. And sometimes when we're out of combat, he'll walk up to somebody and say fiber. Because I have heard him do that, so that's kind of funny. So, yeah, so you get different, you know, unique calls that happen because of damage types that make it sound really interesting. But yeah. so far, Nine Ice has been my favorite just because you're, nice, you're nice. loving the enemies to death. <laughs> nice, nice, nice. Kill them with kindness. That's literally <laughs> what he was doing. So. Yeah, that's awesome. Yes, Nevitz Gate. Well, I'll let him answer that. But. <laughs> yeah, we LARP with Nevitz. Yeah, he's, he, his character is Boji Smash. He is the brother of my character, Jovi Smash. So. 
And he has been playing longer than me. So, um, what were we talking? We were talking about something. I don't remember now. We were, um, we were talking about combat. We're, we're oh yeah, about- combat with the hit points things and the cheating. It does happen, uh, especially like over this. And and Nevitz is right. He has a lot of hit points, and sometimes. So what we have what are called PCs and NPCs. PC is what I am right now. I'm a, I'm a playing character. NPCs are like everything that we interact with that's not another PC. So monsters, sometimes traitors. Quest givers. Quest royalty. givers. Yeah, royalty. Those are all NPCs. And sometimes NPCs will, you can see that they will get physically flustered and frustrated when they can't kill you. It's just something that happens when you take on the mindset of an NPC you want to kill the enemies. And there are times where they will hit you a lot, and if you don't go down, they kind of get frustrated. And so that's the kind of thing that happens with Nevis. He he has a lot of hit points. He also has magical armor that does effects that they're not aware of. And so sometimes if they hit him a lot, and I've been guilty of this myself, I'm like, why are you not dying? <laughs> you know, and, and but that's just it. You don't know their stats, so you or should their never. Skills and yeah. abilities like hunker down makes it even harder to kill somebody. Like this last weekender, I had this happen to me. I could literally see it on their faces. Uh, it was the second time the town got raided, and we went and hid in the house. Uh-huh. Well, I have a big shield. I was NPCing that. <laughs> yeah, I had a big shield, and I also was not wearing my armor, but because that was because I had a magical armor at the point of time that made it look like clothes. In addition to that, I had just bought my magical armor that gave me extra hit points. So at this point in time, I had 26 hit points in this battle, and I was taking 5 damage. Well, I was taking full health because they were swinging for force. Uh Force did overcome what's called, where she was talking about the 5 health. Uh, That's called your damage ceiling. So my armor also has a damage ceiling of 5, and normally I take 5 damage from all attacks above that. But they were swinging for force, which overrides that. So, really, it only takes about three hits to take me down. But in that fight, I had two people behind me that were healing me faster than I was taking damage. Yeah. Uh, There was one character uh, named Banner. He was healing me for eight health. And there was another character behind me who was healing me for, like, ten health. So, like, every time I got hit, I was being healed twice. So... You can imagine that this is all happening simultaneously. So I'm taking 10 damage and then getting healed for like 28 damage. So I'm losing track of my health as well because they're not necessarily healing me every time I get hit. But I could see the NBC that I was fighting one-on-one was getting very frustrated that I was not dropping. Well, see, and and me being one of the NPCs that was actually... Uh, fighting him as well. I think there was two of us that were that yeah. were trying to get past your shield. Yeah, I was literally. And, and I was at first. I was like, "Oh my gosh, he should be down." And then I noticed Banner, and I was like, "Oh no, no, he shouldn't be down." Yeah, no, he's got heels coming at him left, right. And yep, center. I did. I had heels coming at me like crazy. It was the, it was a crazy fight. It was a genius idea to go into that house. Normally, we're not allowed to fight in houses. But when, when I say house, I mean like tents, tents. And, and canopies and stuff like that. But we're their houses. And we normally can't fight there unless the owner or an owner of the structure, I guess is what we specifically call, allows it. And Banner was the owner of the structure. And last time we fought out in the open, we got slaughtered. And so he specifically was like, let's fight in my house and let's funnel them in. And me and I was up front with the shield in the doorway. 
There was no other way in because there was a wall. (laughs) And I did my job. I stood there and I just took the hits and just let everyone else throw spells and deal the damage out. Yep, he Um, sure tanked that real good. Yeah. Nevitz, unfortunately, got caught outside of the structure and got knocked unconscious and was bleeding. And that was what there were a few people that were stuck in, outside. Well, in that fight, five people died. Yeah, five one of them got herself it. killed. <laughs> she was in the structure, and I guess she got sick of standing behind me because Wait. yeah, <laughs> it was sticks. Halfway through the fight, she just pushes past me and goes out into the open, and immediately got swarmed by these golems and got so killed. She, she got down, but she did not spirit. Um, wow. So. Uh, Styx is my oldest daughter, um, but um, that's her Mortimer, character name. Mortimer, who is my oldest son, um, did spirit did in he? that fight because Mortimer and the other um, young boy, they were all hanging out in the tavern. They were all hanging out in the tavern, and they came out to try and help fight, and just got swarmed. And nobody that was inside the house could get out. No. Because the NPCs that were playing, um, you couldn't move them. They were golems. And so all crowd control did not work on them. So you couldn't repel them. You couldn't, like, you couldn't push past them unless you could kill them and make a space. (laughs) Bleeding buddies. I like that. (laughs) Yeah, she went down right next to him and she pushed past me and the golem. She just straight up, and I even yelled at her. Um, Because she's the one that actually um, ended up. What, what, I don't. Ten rule. How does that work? You have cheers. Yay! Cheers. Five hundred. Uh, Holy cow! Thank you for that. How does that? I don't even know how that works. It says yeah. he shared it with chat. How does that work? Like. I there's a button over here. I can hit on my side that allowed me to do it. Oh. That's pretty. Since cool. I know you can't hear it. No, I can't hear. Well, I can't see it either because I don't have the oh. thing. <laughs> Normally, I see the I, I can see the alerts. So, thank you for that, Jack Treats. That is that is awesome. I really appreciate that. Um, also, remember it is September, so so uh, subs are half price this month. Got to put that shameless plug in there. But uh, yeah, that fight was it was intense, and me being the frontline fighter holding everyone at bay made it even more intense. Um, well, thank you for that, Jack Trace. He says we are awesome. Yeah, I mean, we know. <laughs> <laughs> That's Lita coming out right there. Yeah. Um, but another thing that I was talking about, so battles definitely get intense, and cheating sometimes happens inadvertently. That's basically what we're trying to get across. But another place where it can get intense is when you have arguments with other characters. Um, because Trying to separate that in character from yourself. It can can get hard. It can get hard, but it also, at least for me, it... Okay, thanks, Nevitz. I'll be right back. All right. We'll see you. Um, so, let's see. The RP is my favorite part of D&D, and it's obviously a huge part of LARPing. Is it basically required to dress the part? How expensive is LARPing in terms of getting into the game hobby? Okay. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about that now, and I'll get back to the, the conversations later. So, how expensive is it? It is as expensive as you want it to be. Absolutely. Like, I chose to wear armor. I don't know that I would recommend it for everybody because 
I did not wear it over this weekend because it was 90, de 90 plus degrees every single day. And this armor is 25 pounds made out of pure metal. It gets hot. Yeah. And I did not wear it because I would have gotten heat stroke a lot easier than I already did. Yeah. I mean, no. I, I was in and out of character a lot, um, switching between piecing and end piecing this weekend, which made it e easier for me to wear my armor because I was only wearing it for short periods of time. I yeah. did wear it Friday night because it was cool. We didn't start until like 8 p.m. It had dropped down in the temperatures. We were slightly higher elevation, so I did wear my armor. But as far as it goes, um, yeah, they got to they gotta watch me put my armor on. And that's how you know it's real heavy armor because I needed assistance. That's, that, that's what I say. But anyway, I have to have assistance putting this on and taking it off. It doesn't just happen. It's, it's impossible. So as far as making LARPing like affordable, I actually have a YouTube video um, uh, doing thrift store costumes. So the character I played yesterday for Alliance, um, I literally made the character the day before the LARP, decided what she was going to be. I went down to Savers and spent an hour and a half looking through every single item of clothing that they had to pick out what I was going to wear that fit the period enough and, um, and got across like my character's personality. Um, you know, they've got cheap boots there. Like I can put together a LARP costume for a starter character for like 30, $40. Uh, you know, if you don't already have stuff at your house that you've worn for Halloween or for, uh, a Renaissance festival or whatever. And that, that brings up another point too, though, is that LARPing, the LARPs that we're talking about are all, um, like, uh, high fantasy, mid fantasy, uh, LARPs. There are LARPs that are strictly steampunk. There's Dystopia Rising, which is post-apocalyptic. Um, you know, there's there's various styles of LARP too, depending on what suits your fancy. Well, and, and another thing too, uh, Luca Lock, is there is uh, an in-game mechanic called Mage Armor, where it is magical invisible armor. Um, it can get pretty close to physical armor in ways of protection, but not... Um, it will never be as good because they kind of want to reward people that do actually wear armor. But you can wear just clothes and buy magic armor and you will have protection. There are majority of the players in the game that is the route they decide to go because it, they're not limited. Because I am physically limited in this armor. I can't bend over in the middle of combat to pick stuff up. Yeah. Um, Running uphill in full plate mail is hard. Yeah. <laughs> And I do kind of agree with Nevitt's Halloween costumes look good, but sometimes they don't stand up for LARPing. This, sometimes they... But this if you is need true, a, but it's a great place to start. Yeah, if you need like a stopgap, something to wear for one or two months, you're probably okay. So, you don't necessarily have to be a caster. We have a scout who does do... She does melee combat, but she has magic armor. Um, but yes, most casters wear magic armor, and that is a perfectly valid option. As for your question, Outlander, um, let's see. He asked, "Do you guys ever do you ever do one-offs that aren't part of your regular LARP?" When you ask that, like, do you mean that, that aren't part of the regular story, or what do you mean specifically that aren't part of the regular LARP? Like, yeah, because we've got several storylines that that we follow, and different people will attend with different characters for different storylines but they're all based in the same world so oh uh, we have we have missions all the time that aren't part of the 
I guess you could say, overarching story plot. Um, sometimes they'll be part of like a mini subplot, but that's not always the occasion. Like there was one time, uh, and I know ne I'm pretty sure Nevitz had to do this too, but there was one time where the mission was literally to go help a guy build a sword. Now I say that make it sound very unimportant but it was the sword of summer which is one of the four seasonal armaments which are very powerful rare artifacts but that had nothing to do with the overall story of the game all it did was give him a really awesome weapon that he was able to then use with his character did it, it but it had nothing to do with the story stuff like that does happen all the time oh, yeah. in fact a lot of the wednesday adventures are almost essentially one-offs they kind of save a lot of the story ones for Weekenders. That's not always the case. Um, like, for example, like this is a good example of what became a subplot. We one time went, specifically we went to a Enchanted Forest, which was a Mystic Grove, literally to empower a rock so that a spell could be cast with it. We had to leave it there. And it had been left there previously. We were literally just going to go pick it up. Well, while we were there, we ran into the estate of a vampire who later reached out to us to help her defend her home from a bunch of orcs. Neither one of those had anything to do with the overall story plot, which was kill Tal Sigor, but they were still events that made the game, that gave us something to do, and was relevant fed off to of the each world. other. But it was still relevant to the world. That event, yeah. See, the event where I was talking about with the sword is why Nevitz, why Boji, runs around with the hammer of autumn, and as I spoke about earlier, that's why I am looking for the shield of spring because while we were on that adventure, we saw ghostly visions of all of these other weapons and armors being used, and we knew that they had existed at one point in time, and that's what set us on the path of wanting them. So there is another character too that wants the Axe of Winter. So there's so that those are the four armaments. There's the Shield of Spring, the Sword of Summer, the Hammer of Autumn, and the Axe of Winter. And so and supposedly of all four of these are brought together, a cataclysmic event, either good or bad, will happen. So we're trying to get all four together in the hopes that something good will happen and that they will empower each other and we will become an almighty force to be reckoned with. But we have no idea. <laughs> yeah, that's that's pretty much. We never have any idea of what's actually going to happen when we pursue I mean, a goal. <laughs> so when you start a side quest, can you quit halfway? Yes. Yeah, anytime. But a lot of the characters have very personal qualms with quitting. In fact, one of the characters, if she gives her oath or her word, if she fails or breaks it, she has physical repercussions that happen to her. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah. So um, with side quests, a lot of how um, that happens, if you want to do something specific to your character, we run what's called downtime. And that's basically any time in between the actual LARP events, you send an email into plot and say, hey, this is what my character is doing while we're not in game right and then um you uh basically do an email role play with plot sometimes that comes in to be an actual 
event that you um, participate in or becomes a small side piece of an event. But anytime your character or you stops actively pursuing something, plot's not going to force you yeah. to do it. Yeah. Like if you, if you drop the ball, they will let you drop the ball. Like if you decide to, uh, you know, stop pursuing the sword of summer or whatever, right? Like they're, okay, you stopped looking for it. That's it. That's the end. <laughs> right. Okay. Thanks for being here, Luca Locke. I appreciate it. So, um, yeah, like Neville said, a minor event can shape a character. And that's exactly it. When we went to go help him forge the sword, I had no idea that it was going to shape this huge plot for me where I'm trying to get the shield. Nevitz had no idea at the time that it was going to make him search for the hammer. But once we saw them, we immediately wanted them, and that gave us plot. For example, when she talks about dropping the ball or, or stopping plot, I had a plot where I was specifically searching for a specific character to train me in my last level of Warden because he was a very strong character and had there could have been additional benefits, benefits for having him. But I discovered that it would have taken a long time, at least a year if not more, before he would will be willing to train me. And I decided with my bonds that we didn't have that much time for me to get my last ability, so I just stopped. Listen to the LARP Lounge live on Sundays at 12 p.m. Mountain Standard Time at twitch.tv slash Aerostar. That's twitch.tv slash A-R-R-U-S-T-A-R. Ascendance Gaming Center in Salt Lake City, Utah is a proud sponsor of the LARP Lounge. Ascendance Gaming offers top-of-the-line gaming PCs, VR stations, retro gaming consoles, and board games. Located at 583 Billings Road, Suite Number 5 in South Salt Lake, Utah. Mention this ad and get a free hour of PC game time. And nothing has happened. I do feel like I need to write the guy a letter and just explain myself, but... I stopped and plot never pursued it past that point. You can't write him a letter and explain it. Oh, to that's him. right. He's kind of he's uh, I don't out know of if he's, power at the yeah. moment. He's been depowered. He's been powered down. We're talking about a golem. His name was the fir the first guardian. And over this last weekend, we had a massive war trying to kill this undead lit like Arch the king lich. of lich, the, essentially the king of liches. Is the best way to call him. Not and the Lich King. No. Not the... <laughs> yeah. But uh, we won, but not without many casualties. Yeah. And one of the casualties, at least for now, was the First Guardian. He fought him, and at the end of the battle, he powered down. Which I don't think anyone has ever seen him powered. He's a very powerful guard golem. And he has never powered down, at least as far as anyone has ever known. So, but nobody even knows what powers him. Yeah, so that's, nobody knows if he's dead, if he's taking, if he's recuperating. So I can't even talk to him at this point in time because, yeah, he's literally a stone statue right now, yeah. sitting in the middle of the ruins of Caval. Three of my trainers died this weekend, so there's that. One of them was pushed into some void never to be seen again to be tortured for eternity by Talsagor. And the other one died. I'm assuming he came back through the circle. But yeah, it was it was quite a weekend. Yeah, it huh. was and I agree with Nevitz. It's the most brutal story arc I've ever been involved in. And granted I haven't been involved in many, 
But we don't know, Jack Traits. We don't know. He may be able to be resurrected. He may be permanently powered down. We don't yeah. know enough about him to even begin to help him recover if he can recover. Right. And because he's not a, like a sentient creature, it's not like he could have told us about himself. Right? Yeah. He can't have a conversation. He, he takes commands. He does training. He does basically what he's programmed to do, right? Because he's a golem. Yeah. So he doesn't operate on the same spectrum as ever. I mean, he is sentient, I guess you could say in that, because he was self-aware yeah and he was making other golems but um yeah we don't know what's going on with him at this current point in time and it is, it is really cool like the fact like to me as 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 in i guess doomish i, I don't know like as, as terrible as it was that he got powered down it was a cool aspect of the game that i had never thought of prior and i'm like this is cool this is showing how scary this guy really is and um yeah yeah i i i honestly feel that someone's going to start a story where we ha find out how to reactivate him i do i feel like or or Yeah. And so there are people that do know at least something that can actually look into it. Yeah, so as uh, our viewer here said, there are always people that have been researching into the ruins of Kaval and the guardians and golems of Kaval. And so they might come to us in a few months down the road saying, hey, we've, we know what's going on with him and we know how to fix him. That's my hope. Because, yeah. it, because he's a very powerful ally that has kept the Undead Kingdom out of the ruins of Kaval, which they have been trying to gain control of for as long as the world has existed. And Nevitz is right earlier, I don't know if anybody caught it, but Mythic Realms has had a story plot that has been going for at least 20 years, if not more. Yeah, so the thing with, with the Golem is like, okay, maybe we don't figure it out this year or next year or five years from now, but maybe in seven years we figure it out, right? Like, that's the type of dedication to this world that our plot team has, is that they're they're like, that's fine, he's dead now. It's going to take time. Yeah. And it's not going to take, you know, two or three months or six months. It's going to take, you know... Yeah, they may have, when they, when they determined that he powered down... They probably at that point in time determined how long it will take for us to fix him. I would not be surprised. That is how... Uh, what, hold on, let's see. That's his armor boy. He, he, I, don't, I don't get it. I told him earlier that you brought your own armor boy. Oh, oh, oh the, the background voice? Yeah, that's my armor boy. Yes, that is Divas Calhoun in the background that you can hear. He came to hang out with us and watch. So we have another viewer... <laughs> Without having another viewer, so <laughs> I should make him log into a computer and watch me that way just to give me another viewer. But it's all good. We've got plenty of people here. This has already gone way better than I anticipated. So uh, we've still got some more time to fill. But so let's see. Um, anybody else have any other questions? Told you so. <laughs> oh, that's his, uh, yeah. He helps me. With, well, usually I have Boji help me with my armor, but Boji. Uh, I did not bring him today, so uh, I will definitely be interviewing him, and he may become a permanent co-host on the show, too. We'll have to see. It kind of depends on where I go with this, so um, 
but he he's been very helpful to me in putting my armor on. We kind of help each other. We're each other's squires. Although I did have her daughter as my squire for a while. Yeah. I would just say, hey, squire, and she would come and help me put my armor on and my cape and everything. I'm not wearing my cape right now because you guys wouldn't be able to see it anyway, but. It's a pretty cool cape. Uh, go into the combat mechanics more. Um, like. How combat do you, works? Do you have, like, a specific aspect of combat that you think we should cover? Or, like, there's a lot of abilities, a lot of abilities. And I don't know that we should go into all of them. Um, like, she did talk about earlier about Hunker Down. Hunker Down is an ability that lets you lower your damage ceiling by two, minimum of three. So you can never go below three. So, for example, my armor provides me a damage ceiling of five. If I activate uh, Hunker Down, my damage ceiling becomes three. Excuse me, but Hunker Down only lasts for five minutes, and I can only do it, I think, twice per day. So it's one of those things that I save for a fight that's like a boss fight. We should talk about spellcasting. Yes. I think people probably don't understand how that functions. Yeah, and I, we should have done that earlier because I know Luke Alak was talking about spellcasting, so I feel bad. But so... Spellcasters have these little items that I actually have one. We call them spell packets. It's in, um, it's in the, you can just bring in my whole toad if you want. <laughs> it's probably easier. So just bring it all in. They're fine. called spell packets and they're little cloth bundles with rubber inside them. Basically like a bean bag. Yeah. But, oh, so. At, Smaller at and mythic, softer. We use um, shredded tire rubber um, to fill ours. Um, most LARPs use uh, birdseed. But we play in-game for, you know, or in-game, in indoors for a good, like, half the year. And it was starting to attract rats because we were inevitably leaving birdseed around um, because sometimes the packets burst open or whatever. Um and so we were attracting a lot of rats. So we switched to shredded tire. Um, and basically, you take like a, a six by six square of fabric, you dump some rubber in it, and then you tie it up into a ball, basically. And you use those to cast your spells. <laughs> yes, lightning bolt, lightning bolt, lightning bolt. So the way it works is that you'll have, if you're a spellcaster, you will want a lot of these spell packets. And you have different elements that you can cast. And you call the damage as you throw it at the enemy. Or prior to. Most people will call it and then throw it. Uh, for example, did you find it? Oh, that's my bigger one. That works too. So here's, this is a spell packet. This is my backup one. I mean, there's not a whole lot to see. Like I said, it's a bundle of cloth. But it's fairly, it's really soft. It's softer than your typical beanbag. Yeah. You just throw this at people. But it is hard enough that most of the time they can feel it. Yeah. Um, just don't aim for the face. And it's heavy enough that you can get some good distance with yeah, it. You, yeah, they're, they're, they'll, they'll, they'll cut through the air. So, yeah, sometimes people have to count. Like a lot of the at will abilities, you have to count to five. So like I summon fire one, I summon fire two, I summon fire three, I summon fire four, I summon fire five, and then throw it to burn you six. So that's kind of how spells work. Um, and the same thing, so healing uses spell packets as well because it's technically magic. 
So um, any healing you do, you don't have to throw it at them, but you you have to hold it in your hand and touch the yeah. person. Like, for example, them. I have gloves, and in my gloves, I have a spell packet permanently there. So whenever I touch, actually, it's on the back, but it still counts because mm-hmm. I'm touching them. So I, most of the time, will just touch people to heal them, but I do have this backup one in case someone's a little farther away and I need to throw it to heal them. Yeah, you so can throw to heal. I can it's throw. The problem is that this is in a bag with way too many items that I can't find it quick enough. So I need to get another bag of just a few spell packets. Cause that actually brings up another good point as far as costuming is concerned. Is having uh, easy access to whatever you're going to need in combat because you never want to be fumbling through bags and pouches while you're trying to heal somebody that's dying or you know trying to get this monster away from you or whatever you you have to uh be very smart in how you use pouches and uh, bandoliers and things like that to have quick access to whatever you need like this vest actually i just found when i sat down today has one of my uh, consumable items. We use popsicle sticks um, so that when it's used, you can break it to show that it's been used. And um, this is a shadow polish, which allows me to use my damage ceiling against drain, but as an undead that heals me, so I don't need it, which is why it's now expired. But I found it in my pocket. I don't wear this vest very often. Um, spells do have to be physical, so because Nobody has perfect aim, and we can't just say every time you... Th- because the other thing is, is that there are multiple NPCs, and they don't know necessarily who's being targeted unless they get hit with this. Right. So, I mean, they can't just call damage and just hit every NPC all at once. So, this is a way to simplify it so that it is a lot easier in combat to know who's being hit for how much damage. Now, there so. is occasionally, on the plot side of things, the NPC side of things, that's they true. will do a pointed spell. And that's because these spells are, a, you know, ambient magic or whatever, and they'll just point to you, they'll say your name, and they'll they'll tell you how much damage you took or what spell effect you yeah. took. Yeah, like, for example, over the weekend... <laughs> We had an ambient spell that was teleporting us all around the battlefield. Yes. Prior to the battle, they broke us up into three groups, and you gave your group a number, and they told you where the designated teleport locations were. And in the middle of battle, they would shoot, like, for example, they would shout, Group 2, high. And everybody in Group 2, no matter where they were, had to run to a certain point on the map, which is where they just got teleported to, and then they had a... Get back into battle. Yeah. So, yeah. So, spells aren't always physical. When they're coming from a PC, they're always going to be physical. Yeah. So, I wear armor, so I tell NPCs to throw them hard at me, so I feel through the armor. Yeah. And sometimes, um, that's that's another point with spell packets. Some people get frustrated using yeah, spell packets. I don't because, like being a spellcaster because <laughs> they don't feel them. Right, because people can't feel them. But if you can ever get eye contact with the person that you threw it at, you just say, did you take that damage? And then they'll say, oh, you know, like, did I, you know, or I evaded it or whatever. So <clears throat> how do area of effect spells that affect a group work? You will have a handful of packets, like 10, 20, or 30, which will be designated prior by the spell. Uh, and then you literally just throw Chuck them. 
Um, some people have gotten really good at throwing them in a spread so that it does actually act like an area of effect. But even if you take all of them and just standard overhand throw, they will split up and cover an area. Yeah. Um, but so. the other thing with AOE spells, though, is if somebody throws like a... Um, a holocaust or whatever forced holocaust burn you 100 right uh, or any other like mass packet spell. Yeah, like, if you get hit with more than one pack packet, you're dead you actually only take one dam one packet of damage you don't take multiple because it's it's the one spell so i mean there's there's like little quirky things about the yeah the way things work yeah dragon's breath that's yeah. what i was gonna like uh, yeah like that one is a 30 packet and you literally just yell just like burn dragon's breath burn you a hundred and then you just chuck thirty packets yeah. all at once, and uh, yeah. it works really well. Like they do, they do spread more than you would yeah. think that they would, but they yeah. they do spread out very well. So, thank you for hosting me, Winged Vox. I appreciate that. I appreciate you being here. You're always here every Sunday. I appreciate that, and I'm glad you're here for this special first event too. So, I appreciate that. So, um. Let's see, what else did he want us to talk about? Spellcasting, calling damage. So, yeah, I mean, like, there are four damage types normally. Uh, so, Jack Traits, um, this LARP stream specifically, I don't know if I'm going to do it every Sunday or every other Sunday. This is the first one. Um, I think I probably just for... Because I'm going to run out of people at, at some point. I mean, we're always going to have stories to tell, though. I don't know. I could probably keep you pretty stocked I know. if you wanted. <laughs> so, I know. I might. I'm thinking of doing this probably every week. Um, at least for the first little bit. So, I just got a thumbs up for that. So, uh, <laughs> there are plenty of people within Mythic that I can reach out to to interview. And I do want to reach out to some of the other ones so that we can kind of get their voice in on this. Um but yeah, so as far as streaming this this specifically, this LARP conversation, this will be every Sunday for at least uh, at least two hours. I mean, if we end up going longer, that's great. Um, as far as any, I also stream on Thursday nights. Uh, I call it my throwback Thursday, and I stream typically, I don't always, but I typically will stream old school RPGs. Uh, like, I'm going to start Wild Arms, and I'm going to only play it on stream. I asked because I love this. Thank you so much for doing it. Well, as much as I appreciate that, this wasn't my idea. I am glad that I'm doing it, but it was actually uh, the person who's running the camera and everything else. Uh, her, na her streaming name is Mr. Cheyenne. This was actually her idea. Uh, we talked about it a little bit because I was kind of in a lull and I wanted to do something and <laughs> there she is. She's waving. So, uh, and this is my first attempt at it and it has honestly gone as well as I had hoped. So, uh, and I'm glad you like it because that's, uh, it, it's kind of a niche. Not a lot of people know a lot about LARP and, uh, I wanted to kind of break through some of the, the myths and legends and some of the misconceptions about what LARP is and isn't. So, yeah. uh, and I felt like this was a good forum. So, yes, thank you, Mr. Cheyenne, for, I call her mistress. It's a joke from the very first time she came into my stream. So, uh, <laughs> Mr. Cheyenne, this is her idea. So, 
She's like, why don't you talk about LARP? That's something <laughs> unique that you do that not a lot of people do. And immediately a light bulb went on. And I was like, that's a great idea. So, Absolutely. And I'm glad that you're liking it. I really am. So that makes me want to do it more. So, uh, And for those that aren't here, we're going to try to turn it in. That's why it's a podcast and game show because I am going to try to edit the audio afterwards we're going to work on that together and actually make it a podcast for downloads so that you can hear us later uh so i'm trying to hit kind of two fields so but we'll it's an experiment and we'll see how it works but so far it's going good so um but back to the damage there's typically four types of damage although there's for pcs there's a lot more out there um there's earth air fire water but air is usually lightning damage or shock you specifically so i summon air one through five to shock you whatever uh i summon earth to stone you i summon fire to burn you and then well, what did i forget water. well i summon water. water to freeze you but there are other damage types for example there's cleanse cleanse is used most often against undead um because it deals double damage. And it, since it, she's undead, she does take... So we have people in our party that throw cleanse. And sometimes they don't have the greatest aim. And if they accidentally hit her, she takes double damage. Yeah, and it, it's, it's a real quick way to kill her. Um, and because armor... Does armor... Armor... Protects against throwing spells or no? Uh, no. So... It, yeah, so she takes all of it. She doesn't take, get that. Yeah, I take all she of it. I actually... Me, personally, I have a magic item that allows me to use my armor ceiling against cleanse. Oh, nice. So, which helps. Yeah. But, but more more often than not, it's the bad guys trying to hurt the rest of the party that end up healing me. Because yeah. they're throwing things that'll hurt everyone else. And if I stand in the way, it just heals me. Yeah, specifically kind of nice. drain. Drain is an ability that hurts you and heals them at you the same time. Them. Yes. Yeah, it's the opposite of cleanse, but because she's undead, Drain heals her. And so there are a lot of combats where you will specifically see her, like, diving in front of spell packets oh, as they're screaming this. Drain. And it's kind of funny because that's the exact opposite reaction from everybody else in the party. So this past so, weekender, we actually fought some really, like, big, badass undead. And one of them, we killed them, but... Undead never just die, right? They never just die. So we killed it. They killing blowed it, which means like they're taking it. It's no longer just bleeding out. Like it's dead. Like, right. It's, it's, it's on the verge of like dead, dead. And that's one thing that does differ from D&D because in D&D, once you drop an enemy to less than zero hit points, they're done. Right. Not in mythic. Once they're, once they're below zero hit points. And this is for PCs too. They start bleeding. Yeah. And you bleed for so long, but if someone heals you during your bleed, it's a whole lot easier to heal someone from their bleed count than it is from their death count. Same thing goes for enemies. So he can walk up to an undead and touch them and say, drain you 10, and he just healed them for 10 hit points, and they're back in the battle. Yeah. So that's why you want to, as fast as you can, go up to them and put them and killing blow them to put them in their death count because it's, there's a lot less things that bring you out of your death count and they usually are a lot more expensive as in uh, daily uses yeah to use so this particular undead um when he when he died 
and they they put him in his death count he actually reformed from that as a shade and the only thing that he could cast was obliterate and now obliterate is a spell that takes you all the way down to your bleed count like, I'll take you to your death count. No, obliterate oh. puts you in your bleed count. Um, but it ignores all your hit points. Yeah, it literally just says insta bleed. It's it, like it's it's an instant you're down, right? Yeah. And there were like six other PCs around this shade when he did that, and he's just throwing them obliterate, obliterate, obliterate. And I just stood there and started swinging at him. Eight magic, eight magic, and he's saying greatly reduced, which means that he's got an effect on him that reduces the amount of damage that I'm doing down to one instead of eight. How much were you swinging for it? I was swinging for eight magic and he was greatly reducing it to one. And so, but the only thing he can cast is obliterate, which for alive people kills them instantly. But for For, dead people, for 99% of the party (laughs) for dead people, it heals me to full and gets rid of, any impairing effects that I have on me, right? So I just stood there. Everyone else was dead around me and just, one magic, one magic, one magic, and he's just casting obliterate at me, and we just sit there until he finally dies. I was so out of breath. One magic, 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 one magic. Yeah, and we'd already been fighting for like 20 minutes. Yeah, that last fight was crazy. Horrible. Yeah, I agree. Yay, air. Go Storm Dragon. Yay, air. And then Nevitz, how long? I know, but I want you to tell chat, how long is your bleed count? Because it is long. As well as your death count. They are both extremely long, which is good for me because I have bonded him as well, of course, because he's my brother. Right. And as an ability that I have is that I can swap my life with anyone in their death count. So I go to my death count and they instantly come back up at full health. Um, but it's good to know that he has a long one so I can take my time trying to use other methods to get him up if I need to. Or getting other people up first. Or getting other people up first. Like her. <laughs> well, which I, actually... I failed at this weekend. I have a sort seven of. minute bleed count sort or of. death count now, so I would have succeeded. I should have just yelled it anyway, and then you could have told me no effect or not. Like no more I think about it, I should have just yelled and, it. Ah, it's fine. No, that that eviscerate was brutal. Yeah. She she got hit with a dire eviscerate, which I cannot do anything to defend. So Boji bleeds. Nobody can defend against a yeah. dire. But I have special abilities that help me defend my bonds, but nothing I had defended that either. Yeah, so Divas bleeds for five minutes, or bleeds for, and then you die for 160 seconds. So what is that? Like two and a half minutes? And then Boji, Boji bleeds for three minutes and dies for nine minutes. Um, and if I recall, as long as you still have this item, you are aware of everything in your bleed count. Is that still correct? Like, normally you're not, because you're, like, unconscious and bleeding. But I believe Boji, or Nevitz, has a magic item that lets him be aware of everything while he's bleeding. Is, do you still have that? I think I think he lost it. I think it was something that was given to him by... Yeah, it was given to him by... Oh, who were the counts? The uh, Lord... Lord Oon? Lord Dan Brock. Oh, Lord Dan Brock. I think ah. it was given to him from Lord Dan Brock, yeah. and it was a special item that Lord Dan Brock 
kept re-empowering for him. And so when Lord Dan Brock died, he did not pass those secrets on to anybody <laughs> else. So yeah. when it expired this time, it came back at like half strength. And I, I believe that's the right item. Correct me if I'm wrong. but yeah. So that's another thing too about this game is that magic items can drastically change battle. For you specifically. Yeah, so the way that I look at magic items is, like, you have your rule set, you have your your character's abilities. Magic items alter those, right? They're exceptions to the rules. So, like, I only have three evades a day, right? And so the you can get a magic item that gives you another evade. So it's it's altering the rules. You have your base rules, and then your magic items tweak that, right? Like... You, you're unconscious when you're bleeding, but this magic item allows you to still know what's going on. Yeah, he did. He It was from Lord Dan Brock, and that item increased his bleed and death count. Nice. So, yeah, he had a lot. So um, He had a lot more than he has now, but he still has a lot, partially because he has Survivor, which is an ability, and because he, he learned the Warden Survivor, which, which have you bought yet? No. Buy that, dang it. <laughs> it. It would have helped. Okay. So I know. It would not have helped. Not in that fight. It wouldn't have. Diary of Rate literally says you're in your death count for one minute, and that's it. Regardless of any other abilities you have, it yeah. says, screw you, go by. Yeah, it, it gives you basically one minute to live. And um, when you're behind the front, like behind the enemy's front line... And people are trying to fight their way to you. One minute is not a lot of time. And that's why she died. Is that's because why I, died. I originally was like, okay, I need to get to her with my grant or to get to her with Leon hands. And I was trying to go all because what happened was, and I'll get to your question here in a second, Miss Shan, because that's a good question. Um, is she went down, and there was literally about two feet in between us. And the second she went down, one of the guys running the game ran between us with blue tape, which represents a magical barrier. And so literally the second she went down, a magical barrier was erected between me and her, so I could not touch her. So then I was trying to go all the way around the front line to get to her to use the lay on hands, when the whole time I had an ability that I talked about earlier, the death swap, where I could have just looked at her and said, death swap. And I was panicking, and I didn't think about it. And by the time I thought about it, it was too late. So that's what ended up having to hurt. It was it was a combination. I should have just called it anyway. Because if it was no effect, I would have gotten it back. So she started taking off her armor prematurely. And so I assumed she was dead. Three seconds. Five seconds. You said Whatever. five, five se- seconds. Well, five me. seconds would have saved your ass. I mean, it's true. Five seconds sometimes. Like, really so can. I looked over at her and saw her taking her armor off, and I assumed that her death count was already over. And so I was like, oh, shit. But I should have just called the ability anyway, because then she could have told me no effect, and I would have never wasted it. But uh, Miss Shan asks a great question. Can you start out as an NPC, or do you have to start as a PC and work up to being an NPC? Yes, you can start off as an NPC. In fact, that's what I did for a very long time, a which is why I came into game as a 200 skill point character. I built up my points over like a year and a half of NPCing. Now, here's the thing. When you have a strong character, they still make you play your character at least once as a beginning 20 skill point character. Yep. So you cannot come in as this big 200 character your very first time. You have to at least come in once as a 20 skill point character to experience the scares of being 20 skill points. Yep. 
and this the event that me and Nevitz chose to be 20 skill points was one of the scariest events of the whole year. And the whole time we were just like running around screaming like, don't die, don't die, don't die. Like <laughs> we picked, we picked the worst event to come into at 20 skill points. And it did die. <laughs> no, we didn't, no, we didn't die on that one. You did die at that one. Did we? Yeah. Yes, we did. We were, yeah, we got our, yeah, we, we were bodyguarding someone. <laughs> And the whole time I was screaming, we're running into a trap, we're running into a trap, we're running into a... Did I just move the camera? Oh. Yep. <laughs> the whole <Good> time... Good <laughs> job. The whole time I'm screaming, we're running into a trap, we're running into a trap, and they're like, no we're not. I'm like, yes, yes we are, because the whole time these enemies have been fighting us, and now they're fleeing for a reason. And then sure enough, we turned a corner and got surrounded. And cut off from the rest of the party. That is hilarious. And the guy we were bodyguarding went, oh, I'm out. And then he blinked or something. I don't even remember Phase what he probably. did. Yeah. And the two of us just got murdered. And then we got drug off to a secret room where they let us slowly die. Yeah, being, being drug away and hidden is by the, the worst. NPCs is the worst. And, and another common way people die. Because then nobody can find you. Or get to you in time. Oh. You can push it back if that's what you need to do. There we go. Camera right. was hit. Camera was hit by a dire slay. <laughs> Man, if I can cast dire slays with my hand, <laughs> I wouldn't because necromancy is illegal. That's right. Necromancy is illegal. I mean, depending dire on where necromancy. you are. Oh, necromancy. Dire is, dire is not necromancy, is it? Dire is not necromancy, no. It's a primordial ability. Yeah. Yep. Good old Dr. Pepper. Camera down. Haha, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Camera went down. Sorry, guys. I got a little too excited. <laughs> it's a different table now. You can shake that one all you want. Yeah, now you can pound the table. Um. So, yeah. But are there necromancers? Yes. There are. <laughs> there are necromancers, but they... They are very under the radar because the kingdom that we are under is called Falconcrest. And in Falconcrest, necromancy is illegal. We do not always adventure in Falconcrest. So people will use necromancy outside of Falconcrest. Is it always legal? No. But there's less chance of being caught. Not necessarily less chance of being caught, but there's less chance of being reported. Right. Because they don't have... Like, we have That's a sheriff way. of Falconcrest in our town at all times who can literally say, Oh, you just cast necromancy? Here's your punishment. When we are in other countries, we don't necessarily have someone in our party that is designated as a law... As a sheriff or whatever they... so. A law enforcement, yeah. We don't have a law enforcement agent in our party, so they are more likely to get away from away with it, and they usually do. Yeah. So, um, but there are necromancers, and not all necromancers are in the form that you think. Like, one of them is a thief uh, who is a vampire who now can cast necromancy. Wait, which one? Are you talking about Straza? Yeah, Malastraza. <laughs> uh, Say, wait, which one? Yeah, because so... 
we had a conversation. Just, just yes, it is part of the game. They don't necessarily oh, yeah. like raise undead like like you could in a video game. Um, right. But they have different abilities like drain and pass and siphon and stuff like that. Fear and fear terror. and terror. Those are specific to like necromancers. So yeah. Um, so yes, necromancy is in the game. It is frowned upon by most players, but. And if sometimes it's frowned upon by players that use it just so they can pretend. Yeah. In fact, there was a running there was a running joke for a while. I had a magic item that the representation for it was a green was a green pendant with three green skulls on it. And for the longest time, people were like, "Oh, he's an underground necromancer," because here I am, like the holiest of holy characters, and I look like it with my shining blue armor and gold on it. <laughs> and so people were always joking that it would be the funniest thing if I really was a necromancer, just literally hiding in plain sight. Yeah. And for the longest time, everyone's like, "Oh, he's a necromancer," even though I wasn't. They just gave me crap about it. Right. I no longer have that magic <laughs> item, and I was kind of glad to be rid of it, so that I no longer got heckled for being a necromancer. <laughs> Yeah. Evil NBC necromancers do raise the dead. Yeah. Yeah, but it's 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 they can't like just manifest it out of nowhere. They have to have an actual body to do it. Right. That's how it differs from a video game. Like in WoW, I literally could just go four skeletons. Right. And you can't. You can't. Do, yeah. You can't do that in in LARP. There has to. There have there, there has, has to be bodies. Yeah. There has to physically be bodies there. So. Um. Yep, as undead, um, a lot of people um, they, they played more assume the Diablo version of necromancy, where they actually have to have a physical corpse to be able to raise them. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> so he was just saying that um, it's more like Diablo, where you have to have a physical corpse in order to be able to raise an undead. Um, yeah. So as as an undead myself. She gets um, heckled. I get heckled a lot. A lot of people don't like me. Some people in town don't trust me. Um, I was um, enslaved by some evil undead this past weekend, um, which basically means that I am 100% under their control uh, until I'm cured. Um, and a couple of the people in town were mad at me because they thought that I was not enslaved and that I was just turning on them of my own free will and so it's it's really interesting to play this dynamic of the the white knight right the person that does good at all turns and is always looking for the greater good and trying to help everybody out and then and being undead and having necromancy so distrusted and people are like how can you be undead and a white knight don't those things aren't those things opposite I said no because necromancy is a tool it is not in and of itself inherently good or evil <laughs> but Boji's, Boji's got your back he says actions speak louder than physical yeah, appearance yeah thanks Boji yeah. Jovi's got her back too and I've let it be known especially very very much because I've bonded her so people know very much so that I've got her back and yeah. supposedly supposedly um, there are murmurs from the common folk about how I am not a true knight of the land because I have bonded and undead. And undead. Oh, man. So, yeah. 
There were a lot that for the longest time when I first showed up, supposedly there were rumors that I'm like the true knight of Falcon Crest because on my cape, it's a blue cape with gold embroidery that has the Falcon Crest logo on it. My shield has a Falcon Crest logo on it. My colors are the color scheme of the Falcon Crest Kingdom. So for the longest time, people were like, oh, he is the true knight of Falcon Crest. He embodies what Falcon Crest is. But now there are murmurs that I no longer do that because I am allied myself with an undead sorry not sorry <laughs> no to them i say pish the king the king is bonded by an undead himself so you have nothing to speak about so if anything True. i totally embody it <laughs> yeah it's, it's yeah. the exact opposite but it's still the same thing there's still a, there's still a bond between an, un- bonded by an, undead. an undead yeah it's the exact opposite <laughs> right. We have the exact opposite role from the king and his bond. Yeah. And her bond died this last weekend. Or her, my, your teacher. My teacher. And yeah. the, no, the king didn't die. The prince did. The prince. prince we don't Eric. know if he came through the circle yet. Yeah. It's if prince. he didn't, it's going to be interesting because he was just named heir to the throne. And if he's dead, they're going to have to name a new heir to the yeah. throne. So these are the kind of things that happen in game. There is political intrigue. When the when they were about to name a an heir, there was a lot of political intrigue that you didn't have to be involved in if you didn't want to. Right. See how long does it take to get ready for LARP? That depends on your costume. And it also depends on like what aspect are you talking about? Are you talking about how long does it take for plot? to get ready for LARP or as an individual player to get ready for LARP? Are we talking about a full weekend event or are we talking about a day event? As far as like getting ready for the, the, the plot side, the team for that, I will have some to interview later from plot so we can ask those kind of questions to them. As for like an individual session on Wednesday, uh, it takes me and Boji almost the full 30 minutes of prep time to get ready by the time we both get our armor on. I'm not wearing my bracers or my greaves. Um, I should be. I forgot about them. But uh, Or your coif. Or my, yeah. No? No, your coif. Oh, yeah. I'm not wearing my coif. If I, I, would, I would have to twist my whole body to talk to her if I was wearing my coif. <laughs> because, unfortunately, it gets caught on my scales. And so you can't so turn I can't turn my head at all. Um <laughs> So yeah, I have a full-on get-up that takes me a while to get on. Um, but you, as she was talking about earlier, if you're trying to just start a character, you could just go real cheap over to the the thrift store, find a costume, come to an. You don't even have to come to an open house necessarily. We, there's always numbers of people you can reach to make a character. You could decide Tuesday that you want to play LARP. At least with Mythic Realms, and assuming that you can get someone to make you a character, you could be playing the fall, the day after Wednesday night and be ready yeah, to go. Yeah, you actually don't even have to have a an official character sheet or anything like that to but come in. The don't game. they have starter sheets that they just give you? So they there is there's a sheet that you can print off that's in the back of the rule book that you can fill out, and that's all you need to be able to start playing. I um, you don't even have to have a character sheet as long as you have a notepad and you can write down. Yeah. Right. Yeah, you just need to you just need to have something written down on paper of this is what you can do so that if anybody asks you, you know, hey, how did you avoid that damage or whatever, you can pull out your sheet and say, This is what I did. Um, and that's just to you know, keep people honest and avoid cheating and things like that. 
and that's that's the whole purpose of keeping the character sheet on you. Yeah. But yeah, if you if you want to come play, like for me, like with the whole makeup, the first several times I did my makeup, it took me probably an hour to do my makeup. But I do it every week, sometimes twice a week, um, and I've been doing that for almost two years now. And it took me uh, ten minutes to put on my makeup before coming down to this because I I just know what I'm doing now. <laughs> yeah. Right. So, like, as far as being a brand new person trying to get into LARP, at least with Mythic Realms, it could take you less than twenty four hours. Yeah, absolutely. So it's it's pretty. We try to make it as easy as possible for beginners to get into it. Um, so. But yeah, as far as like each session to get ready it takes a good 20, 30 minutes for me and Boji, which makes it hard on weekenders because sometimes I won't have my armor on and they're like, we're leaving in 10 minutes to go fight. And I'm like, well, I need longer than that to get my armor on. Oh yeah, I've been teleported while holding my gear because trying to put plate mail on when they're like, we got to go now is like, okay, well, you're going to be dressing me when we're fighting things because... Yeah. I can't put this on yeah, that fast. It, it, so that's one of the reasons I say armor is a double-edged sword. Yeah. Uh, I like the protection it offers me, but it's hot, it's restrictive of your movement, and it's not easy to put on. Yeah. Um, so, and as you can kind of see with this, uh, with my padded little uh, gamison for my neck and my chest, or my neck and my shoulders... I still can't move my neck as much as I want, and the whole time it's rubbing underneath my chin, so it's not very comfortable. And if you can't see, I've got a scale right here that is constantly sticking straight up into my armpit, which I need to find the tools and fix it. So I have a constant reminder that, hey, I'm wearing armor, because here's a thorn literally in your side from your armor. So just asked if your armor was custom made. There is that is nice armor. Is it custom made? Thank you at Nevitz Gaming. It is custom made. Uh, we bought the materials. Uh, my good buddy here, who's watching, Divas Calhoun is his character name. He bought all the materials, and me and Gaming Mama put it together. I came up, and it has been modified since its very first. So this is like version 3.0, I guess you could say. This is the. Th this is like the third or fourth time it's been modified because originally this gold, yeah, that's where it is, was not as prevalent. It was just kind of around the whole neck, but I wanted there to be more of like a triangle. Um, and originally the neck was circular and then it was square, but it was too big. So yeah, this is the fourth iteration of this armor. So uh, it's been modified a few times, but I believe other than taking care of this one scale that's stabbing me in the arm, this will be the last modification that we need. Oh, and I also had it lengthened, and it actually covers my waist now. So, yeah, yeah this is the fourth iteration of the armor. So, how heavy is your armor? It is 25 pounds. It was 20, and then when I lengthened it and added on the waist protection and the... It kind of comes down almost to my knees. It added yeah, another five pounds. Is it aluminum or is it steel? So the chainmail is steel. The scales are aluminum. Gotcha. I'm glad they are. Yeah. Otherwise, <laughs> it would be it would be way worse. Yeah. So, so but even we even, missed a question from Cheyenne. We did where? Yeah. It says, what does your significant other think of you playing LARP? How many players are uh, families that play together? Well, there's a family. Actually, there are two people. Oh. 
There's quite a few families, actually. Most of our did Becca and Frank families... meet at Mythic? Yes. So there are two families that actually met at Mythic and became yeah. married. Is yeah, there? Th- they met there too. Yeah. So we have three families that met at Mythic and became. They got. They met each other there and they got married. So, uh, I mean, there's three they, families right there. She right. plays with her family. Her. Uh, she talked about earlier. Her kids play. My husband uh, plays occasionally. Her husband plays occasionally. As far as me, my wife does and doesn't like it. She gets mad when I take time off for the weekenders. Um, but she doesn't really care too much. So, um, let's see. Nevit says his body armor is leather and is almost 20. His armor is old. It was a hand-me-down and there was work done on it. But it, it fits his... Uh, it fits his character yeah. very well. Uh, Jack Trades, did you ever want to upgrade your armor, Nevitz? That's a good question. I don't. I know that me and him have talked about it a little bit, but I'll, I'll let him answer that because that's for him directly. But uh, so yeah, uh, my son loves it. He's only three and a half now, and when he came last year to all of the weekend events, he had his own little knife that was given to him and he's running around swinging at people and, and there's, other kids, there's other kids there too it's becoming because of the families that run it and everything it's becoming more family friendly there's yeah. a lot of kids running around we do um we try to do at least one kids module every weekender um sometimes we get two or three in now we've got um a specific husband and wife couple that um that run those um for, for young kids, they have a daughter who's mm, 12 or mm, 11, 11 or 12. Um, and so they wanted to be able to include her in it um, at a level that was appropriate for her. And so they've designed um, kid modules for Aren't, the kids. I think there's about six families that all, like, like like husband and husband wife and, and wife children. and children play so yeah um that it is very family oriented at least at least mythic realms is i can't speak for the others but um yeah. but especially because a lot of the people on staff are a family now that met there they are a lot more family oriented and think about it a lot more now that they are and a lot of us are getting older at the exact same time too so it's kind of <laughs> funny to like this year they were like we will not be fighting after 10 p.m. on the weekenders, <laughs> and we will not start past 9 a.m. That used to not be a thing. Like, they used to go... Yeah, at Alliance, like I said, I, I was at Alliance yesterday. Um, I, got, I got up at 6.30 to get ready. Um, I got there at 8 uh, in the morning and um, didn't leave until 5.30 in the morning this morning. <laughs> so that's that's honestly how most LARPs run is they go late, late, late because the general idea is at night is when bad things happen, right? And for the summertime, fighting after the sun sets is a lot uh, better for your hydration levels <laughs> than fighting in the See, sunshine. And with Mythic, it doesn't end at 10. It's just combat ends at 10. Like, right. like two weekenders or three weekenders ago for me specifically... I stayed up until 2 or 3 a.m. because I was in-game pursuing plot, talking to characters, just role-playing just role playing and hanging out. 
Uh, are there citizens in LARP? Yes, there are. Like, for example, Prince Eric. He was never a PC. He's just a citizen that was made by the game. This last weekender, she played a citizen who came into town to have us rescue her child from demons. And I believe it was you later who gave us a demon baby. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I was I was uh, marshalling that. Yeah. But yeah. So because demon we babies. helped her, we ended up with a demon baby in town. I, I, don't, I don't know the full... <laughs> You're not going to know the full thing. And it was fine. creepy. And like, it was an actor. There was, like, this creepy porcelain doll that looked yeah it no was, i made i made that yeah it was, I made that. It was creepy it looked it was, like yeah it and there was, was one perfect. kid who became immediately infatuated with it and was walking around town with it like the whole time and i was like dude i was like get that thing so away good. from me i'm already afraid of porcelain dolls and this one actually looks like what i think they all are anyway get it away it was so good but yeah, so I don't know the full details because I didn't do that quest. I just know that we helped her out and then we ended up with a demon baby in town. So <laughs> this is what happens in LARP. Yep. Yeah, it's fun. And, and you know, some of the like emotional role play, speaking of, uh, like I got to play the mother of, you know, a, a daughter who had been abducted by demons, basically, right? Yeah, she's like, and I got to have a... A role play between <laughs> me, <laughs> between me and um, the NPC that was playing my daughter, which actually happened to be my daughter in uh, out of game. But we had this whole thing where we were talking to each other, but I could tell that that she was possessed by a demon, and so I couldn't just like go save her or anything. And the and the PCs were holding me back, and I'm sobbing, trying to get to her, and she's screaming, you know, like being abducted by this demon and transforming into a demon and she's screaming and I'm sobbing and the PCs are like, oh my gosh, what's going on? Oh, it was it was it was magic. I mean being able to like bring that level of role play into it to like that's really for me what immerses when you can bring the emotion into into a role play it really immerses you a lot so more. what we were laughing at is that nevitz said now i know where that thing came from and he <laughs> said it's terrifying and it was it was terrifying <laughs> uh mr cheyenne asked what's your favorite memory from larp now that's a hard question because that's like asking like who's your favorite child i guess you could say <laughs> or, or, or like what's your favorite movie like i don't know at least for me that's a hard question what's your favorite movie but like <laughs> I have to. Let's see. I'm gonna have to see. I already answered when I told about um, having to make the choice between living and dying. That was my favorite memory. Think, think, think. Yeah, I don't. Oh man. I mean, there's so many memories. I'm trying to think of one that like really stood out for me. I think. Um. I mean, a lot of these are really fresh because they just happened. But I mean. This one was one that just happened recently, and it was something that happened because of the downtime that she talked about earlier. This was stuff that was emailing, and uh, and it was specifically for me. So I had been looking for the Shield of Spring, and I had been told that someone would be showing up this weekend to talk to me. Well, due to reasons of, like, tired PCs after a long, long, long combat with Talsagor, we didn't end up doing specifically what we wanted to do, but they told me specifically that the following day a quickling would be coming down town to see me. So I'm sitting in the tavern, just talking to people, and this guy comes 
booking it through town. And the first time I saw him, I, everyone, I was with everyone else, and I was like, what the hell was that? <laughs> he didn't fight anybody. He didn't do anything. He just comes running through town. Well, the second time, he comes running back through town, and it clicked. I'm like, oh, wait, there was a quickling coming to see me, and they run. So, um, I go running. I'll get to your question here in a second, Ghost Winds, and we'll talk about that. I go running out, and I'm like, are you here for me? Because I finally clicked to me that he's a quickling, and so I go out there, and he's like, yes, I'm here for you. And that initiated like a 30, 35-minute, like, me and Boji one-on-one conversation with this guy learning about the Shield of Spring and how to get it. And that's probably one of my favorite because that's been a plot that I've been pursuing here for a little while. And to finally see some something come to fruition was, but it was also just funny because everyone in town, like, who the hell? Who's just running through town like a crazy, you know, like a crazy... You know, those and, are some of the favorites, though. Yeah, the, it's, the, the crazy random. Well, and, NPCs. and the thing is, is when it clicked because everyone else outside had finally cornered him, and so I go running out of the tavern, and I'm like, "Are you here for me? I'm Jovi Smash." He's like, "Yes," and then everyone was like, "Oh, okay." But for a while, everyone was about to kill him. Like I got there just <laughs> in time because they're like, "Who the hell is this random Murder dude just Robo. running through town?" Um, so Ghost Winds, to answer your question, what is LARP? We'll let Lita answer it again. All right. So LARP stands for Live Action Role Play. Um, it's basically, if you know anything about D&D, it's like live action D&D. Instead of rolling the dice to be like, and I swing my sword at it, you actually swing your sword at it. Uh, we use foam weapons. Um, you can use real armor. You can use synthetic armor. Um, or no armor. You can have no imaginary armor. magic armor. Right. Magic armor. We have magic uh, items and we live in a, a magical world and um, we have we have a whole plot team that comes up with the story that we're playing through uh, at Mythic Realms which is the LARP that we're primarily talking about here um, This the storyline has been ongoing for 20 years there's 20 years of story you know we, we meet every week we dress up, we go out, and we we play story every week, and um, it's uh, it's amazing the the level of detail that happens with uh, you know a, a world that's existed for twenty years that is constantly being changed, not just by plot but by the PCs, what is it that we want to do? We're not put on a, what they call a railroad where they're like, nope, this is what we're, we're doing and it doesn't matter what you try and do, we're going to make this thing happen. If the PCs choose to do this, then that fails. Um, and we do this instead, you know, and that it, we have an actual chance to, to change the, the world that we live in. So or destroy it. <laughs> I'll I'll get to your question here in a second, Jack Trace, because I want to talk to Ghostman specifically, um, because I have very bad anxiety and depression as well, and I actually go to LARP because it is therapeutic for me, and it's actually recommended by my counselor and therapist that I go. An example I have is that I when people start yelling in real life. I retreat into a shell, I have a panic attack, I freak out and I don't know what to do. But in LARP, when people start yelling, because it's a character, I know they're not yelling at me specifically. Um, oh, thanks for the follow, Ghostwinds, I appreciate that. Uh, I don't have, I'm not seeing my, my uh, oh, 
to follow, so I have to do this. <laughs> Would you be mine? Could you be mine? Won't you be my neighbor? My neighbor. <laughs> so, um, anyway, back at it. So, um, uh, I and like, and the thing is, when people are yelling at me specifically, like I can't argue back. I can't talk back. Um, <laughs> but in LARP, I have had arguments with people and it did not trigger my anxiety or my panic attack but because it was in character and i knew that no matter how badly they were yelling there was nothing personal behind it it was all just part of the game and that for me was uh it was liberating it was uh it was actually pretty cool and afterwards i was able to step back and go that's like the first time in a year that i haven't had a panic attack because of somebody yelling so uh yeah yeah larp is very therapeutic um i know for me personally um i've also dealt with um depression and anxiety for me as as a woman it actually correlates with my cycle um but when i go to larp it doesn't even matter that like the physical hormones in my body are telling me you know life is horrible and you should, you know, all of these horrible things, right? My, my hormones are controlling my mind, but in LARP, I'm a totally different person and I can block out everything else that's going on and just live here. And now I am in Cerulea. I am Lita. I am not Candace. And I, I am undead and I am a white knight and I am powerful and you know like I'm gonna go smash this thing in the face and it's amazing like the uh, the release and the um, uh, freedom that comes with that yeah it's it's hot and gross outside here too and uh not a lot of people know this but i have self-harm scars as well and so uh, like i said mythic is good for me not only because of the panic attacks but because it's a social outlet that's safe because not all social outlets especially with online these days they're not always safe you've got people that are hostile and toxic but with mythic realms or with if you can find a local larp community they do their best to keep it safe and non-toxic and yeah. and for me it's a physical activity and it's it's a safe social activity and it's hot here too uh we had a bunch of 100 100 plus degree days this year now granted i did not wear my armor during those days when it was that hot but it was still hot and gross i was sweaty i was stinky we just had an event this last weekend the whole weekend it was like 98 99 degrees i did not wear my armor I got hot and gross and stinky, but I loved every minute of it. Listen to the LARP Lounge live on Sundays at 12 p.m. Mountain Standard Time at twitch.tv slash Aerostar. That's twitch.tv slash A-R-R-U-S-T-A-R. Ascendance Gaming Center in Salt Lake City, Utah is a proud sponsor of the LARP Lounge. Ascendance Gaming offers top-of-the-line gaming PCs, VR stations, retro gaming consoles, and board games. Located at 583 Billings Road, Suite Number 5 in South Salt Lake, Utah. Mention this ad and get a free hour of PC game time. Absolutely. So I would say that, I mean, every person is different, but I would not, 
I would not immediately say you can't do it because of anxiety and depression because that's or because it's think, hot outside. Yeah, because I you think you can it's, choose to wear a costume that's not. Yeah, full you armor. can wear nice, cool clothes. Like okay. I chose to wear armor. Uh, I do not stream us doing LARP. There's a lot more that would be involved in that. Yeah, but there are YouTube videos of our LARP specifically. Even if you go to our website, I think that they have videos of it. Um, in fact, on Facebook, um, we were all hot, gross, and stinky by the end of the weekend. Yes, we were. Every in fact, single one of us. <laughs> this shirt has not been washed yet from the weekender, so I'm glad I have the armor on because it's covering up some of the stench and dirt and all of it. So... <laughs> I was not aware that it was not washed until I went to go grab it today, and I was like, well, crap. <laughs> I said I would dress up for this, and I will stick to my word. So, yes, ew, it is gross. But uh, um, You get used to gross from You fast. do get used to gross. So, um, people are giving people hugs. And, all uh, sweaty all of, and like, And see, and I'm weird about it. Like, someone will come to give me a hug, and I'm like, I'm sweaty and gross, and they're like, Dude, we all are. I don't care. And I'm like, all right, you know, so you, you just kind of get used to it, you know. It, but it's a good workout for me. For example, last year when I went, uh, I got like February, I was 353 pounds. Uh, last year, once I started LARPing, I dropped down to 303. I'm now at like 314. Granted, that was a few months ago, but I'm trying to get below 300. But 50 pounds was lost just from doing this and it wasn't boring just standing running on a treadmill or sitting in a bike like i was hiking i was having fun i was doing combat and it's all a great way of interacting and losing weight so my leather armor is infused with the essence of boji from years being passed of long yeah wow good for you uh so back to what was? The, can you scroll up to the other question real quick? Oh no, hold on. I, I think I can see it here. Let's see. Um, no, I think it's up further. Have you guys watched Knights of Badassdom? I have not. I have wanted to. I believe Nevitz has, and he There's told me that it's really good. Actually, um, one of the LARPers at Alliance LARP Utah is in Knights of Badassdom. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Because wasn't it made here in Utah? Uh, I don't know if it was made here in Utah, but I know that that yeah he he played a big part in that. That's I don't cool. remember what his um, name. Yeah, so I would like to stream doing LARP, but if you want to watch some of what we do, if you go to our Facebook page, Mythic Realms at Facebook, uh, there are videos of the LARP. In fact, there's a video that was taken this weekend when we were all sitting around taking a break, where someone was using Boji's hammer to launch tennis balls at someone who was trying to hit them with their weapon like a baseball and a bat. So uh, these are the kind of shenanigans that we get. Yeah, mythicrealms.com. There are videos on there or on Facebook at Mythic Realms. Um, There's videos on there. Mm -hmm. Um, There's actually, if you just search LARP on um, YouTube, there's actually several um, people... Um, who have started uh, documenting LARPs. Webcam, not webcam, uh, GoPros. There's some people that are doing like professional um, editing. There's LARP Girl and LARP House and um, uh, Momo O'Brien. 
Um, yeah, so there's, there's a lot of people out there that are trying to spread the word and the awareness of LARP. So if you, if you go on to YouTube and want to just see a little bit more of what it's about, there's a lot of stuff out there now. The, the biggest problem for me trying to stream it is that I wouldn't be able to interact with the audience. And to me, that's part of what a stream is. The other part is is that we have people in our LARP specifically that don't want to be on camera. Yeah. And it's really hard to edit something like that out when it's live. Mm -hmm. Like if I look at them to talk, they're on camera. You know what I mean? So I either completely ignore them or I look, you know what I mean? Like yes. that's, there's just, there's just a few things that I have to get over, uh, that I have to overcome that I don't know that I'll be able to in order for me to stream the actual aspect of LARPing. Um, if we could, I almost think it would be cool to have like a LARP set up from the, or a stream set up from the tavern where you can see everyone during their downtime just talking. I was in the army for 10 years and my people used to play D and D after a patrol. We would play for hours. Yeah. And this is like D and D on crack. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. You know, like, cause like I said, you are the one doing the conversations, not your character. Um, you're the one doing the combat, not your character, you know, and, and the more you get into your costume, the, the, uh, almost, at least for me, the easier it is to get into character. That's part of the reason I wear this armor is because when I put this armor on, I am Jovi Smash with all of his wants, needs, desires, and person and morals, traits, and everything like that. So, uh, but that is awesome. I'm always glad to hear when someone gets to play D and D and loves it. Um, LARP is just like the next step up. It isn't for everybody, um, but I would always recommend at least giving it a try because it's not as negative as people necessarily think. Yeah. Let's see. Might be fun to show videos. Sunday after. Yeah, I, I want to try to get like some pictures of people to show on stream while we're talking and like some videos that we can cut to. Like that's like my ultimate goal, but this was just the first thing that we kind of threw together. So, um, yes, I agree. Thank you for your service at Ghost Winds. I appreciate that. I come from a long, at least on my mom's side of the family, I have a large portion of them that are in the Air Force. Uh, so I have a great respect for anybody that can do and serve. So I appreciate that as well. So. Absolutely. I thought you guys were going to have a regular here playing. Uh, he did. He slept in. <laughs> I mean, I would have slept in too, except you told me that I had to be here. Yeah. And so. You could have told me you were when I first set it up, you could have told me. Like, hey, I'm doing an alliance. So I didn't. No. You didn't make the connection I didn't, until... No, yeah. Well, no. I didn't decide to do Alliance until Wednesday. Wednesday was when I was like, all right, I'm, I'm going to go play this weekend. And then you were like, hey, don't forget about Sunday. And I was like, all right, so I'm going to play Saturday, and then I'm going to come home, and then maybe play Sunday night. I don't know. I may or may not make it so, back up there. Outlander <laughs> asks what I meant to ask you earlier. They want to see your mask. Put it oh. on. Oh. Yeah, so this is my mempo. Originally, when I um, started gearing Lita up and, like, actually creating a costume for her, I was going with a, um, like, a samurai aesthetic. So I made this mask. Um, it's my, my mempo mask. Well? 
and um, I've got I've got a samurai helmet I made, and I've got uh, a samurai like chest plate that I made, um, and the tassets and everything. Um, but I upgraded to uh, actual full plate mail, so I just wear this now on my head. I usually have a bandana covering my hair as well. Um, but I just wear it on my head as kind of like a token, like, hey, this is still Lita, right? And so even though I'm wearing the full, like, medieval plate mail now, I've still got, you know, my trademark mask that I wear with it. Her helmet has a triceratops on it. It's dope. Yeah, it does. <laughs> so, uh, how many weekends events do you guys do? We start in May and we end in, we have one, so we do one in May. June, July, August, and September. Yeah, and once then a, a month. Apart from that, yeah, there's one every month. And then apart from that, we do every Wednesday and occasional Saturdays. Yeah. Uh, so Wednesday's like a half day. It doesn't guys, start until 7 and goes until like 10.30 uh, or 11. It's supposed to stop at 10, but we usually go later. <laughs> you guys are great, says Ghostwins. Well, thank you. And also, I think he's trying to cheer. So, yay, cheer! <laughs> Woohoo! Uh, Are you ever in need of writers? So, all the hottest months in Utah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. No. Well, uh, May is cool. May is cool. In fact, we go to, is usually okay. We go to a different campground in May, too, which is way high elevation. It gets cold. It gets super cold. It gets below freezing at night sometimes. Oh, my gosh. It rained. The entire May weekender this year. Uh, did it? Not this year. I thought this year was dry. No, it rained because it was the first time I was wearing my plate oh, yeah, mail. We and we were tent. up on the mountain and it started lightning. And I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> both of us were like, hey, we're leaving. I'm like, we are both giant beacons for this lightning. We're out of here. Yeah. Yeah, we left. Like the, like, the combat portion was over of that specific module. So modules was what we call like events or, or battles or whatever. So on a weekender you could have multiple modules. So mm. is it colder with your armor? No. Is my armor cold? Yes. But it I keeps heat in but really it nicely. Keeps heat in. So like if you touch it, it will freeze the crap out of you. But it insulates really well. Yeah. So and with my armor I wear full plate mail. Um, but because it's full plate mail, it's very uncomfortable to wear without a gambeson. So what he's got on here where you can see it out his collar, that's, that's just a collar gambeson that just like sits right here. I wear a full gambeson that's long sleeved. It comes up all the way and goes down almost to my knees. Um, and it's black <laughs> and I wear that underneath my black armor, full plate mail armor. And I die when I take that off after a module, my gambeson is soaked, and the inside of my armor is wet. <laughs> it's it's pretty bad. Right, I gotta go take a nap. Hope you are still on when I get up. Well, unless you take I don't know like an hour nap. I don't know that we'll still be on, but we appreciate you being here, Ghost Winds. Yeah. He's gone. Are you ever in need of? Oh yeah, are we ever in need of writers? That would be a better question for when we have the staff here. But I would almost say that the answer is yes, because they are always extremely busy, especially with the downtime. 
Mm-hmm. Downtime is something that a lot of them have a hard time getting back to us with, so I would say that they do need downtime writers. So um, I can't answer that specifically. Coming from a player point of view, I would say yes. Um, yeah, but so they're all they have meetings a lot. Um, yeah, they and, do have a lot of meetings. Um, our plot team work work really close uh, closely with each other. We've got three kind of plot heads, if you will, the ones that are like really in charge of the main story and what's going on. And then we have other people who will just do like a one-off module or, you know, run uh, a module for, you know, three or four events. We have um, a couple who are running a a whole separate storyline together which is going to be wrapping up this coming weekender yeah. that's been going on for two years. It started right when I first started playing. See, and, and they came in to do just that. Yeah. They had never played. They had never anything. They just came in and like, we want to run a story. Well, they, and they were like, they um, they had NPC'd a little bit, I think. but they. So they actually, yeah, yeah they, they played true. years ago at Mythic. That's true. And actually, um, they ran their own LARP. For a while, yeah, and then um, I think Utah LARP is what it was called. Uh, yeah, I think it was Utah LARP. Anyways, but they um, they closed up shop with that, and so they brought over a bunch of props and story ideas and experience. So it was really cool to have them, um, you know, run this other storyline that kind of took you out of Cerulea, but still with all of the Cerulean mechanics. Um, with some minor alterations. But Nevitz is right. They are always open to players writing things and running events. Like mm-hmm. on weekenders, uh, I didn't do any this year. But in the past years, I've ran a low-level or a low-skill point module with my little halfling who has a cobalt skull that he talks to. Um, there are a few players that recognize me when I show up and they love my character and I do low-level modules with him. I was going to do it this last weekend, but it just got so busy that I never yeah. did. But um, So, yeah, like I'm a player, but I they let me do that, and they love yeah. it. And they've actually been trying to get Nevitz to run a module nice. because he started writing up magic items for them. Uh, just kind of some fun ideas that he had that they thought that they would like. And now, because of that, they're like, oh, you need to run a module now. Yeah. So they've been trying to bug him. So they definitely would love some help as far as plot goes. I don't know. And I, I, it might be fun to have someone on plot that's not super involved in the game so that maybe they could come at it with a new perspective. So, yeah. um, But that would be a good question for when I have someone here from plot. But I can always ask them, too, specifically, you know, when I see them. Hey, are you looking for more help to run plot? And I, I'm pretty sure they'll say yes. So yeah, they they're always um, so at Mythic Realms. It's a, a volunteer community, basically. Um, everybody that that puts effort into the game does so on a volunteer basis. Um, those people who are actually on staff. Um, get a small compensation. It's some <laughs> negligible percentage. I mean, like I, I hold three staff positions, and I get, you know, n- not even enough to report to taxes, like not even close every year. Um, so I mean, it's just like a little hey, thank you. And and uh, actually, a lot of our staff choose to take their their compensation in the form of skill points or uh, mythic points, which is um, 
a way to buy in-game items without using in-game money. So, now we get to the question. And I want, like, the real answer and not the politically correct answer that you give people in-game. Why did you choose to become undead? <laughs> All right, you want Candace's answer or Lita's answer? I want both. Okay. That's so why I said I don't Candace's, want the political... Yeah. Okay, so Candace's answer... Uh, I'll, I'll go into a little bit of back detail. Okay, so I had been, I'd only been LARPing for six months. Yeah, I know. It was pretty early. I'd been LARPing for six months. My character was like 50, 60 skill points, somewhere around there. Not a lot of skill points. Um, and I, as Candace... Um, was was following the plot that was going on and looking at it and going, hmm, there's an option here that they've, that they've left on the table where they have um, said that they will turn somebody undead in or as a option for uh, winning this... Um, the, it was the blood feast that was going on at the time. Yeah. And, and they're like... There's this option that everyone just kind of dismissed. They're like, no, 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 no we're not going to risk that, you know. And and I'm like, do you know what? That would actually be kind of fun to see where that went. And I was like, all right, so um, let's see. What do I have to do to make this happen? So uh, it was an organization in the game called the Argent Tide um, that were that had some powerful artifact that would turn somebody undead without having to actually like kill them and raise them from the dead it would just turn them from living to undead um and so i was like okay so first i've got to get in the good graces of the argent tide so they're not just like well we don't know you why would we do this to you you know <laughs> so i contacted the argent tide as lita and i was like hey i want to join your organization and so they came in and they talked to me and, you know, kind of told me what they were about. And I'm like, yeah, sure. I'm totally on board with all of that. Let's do this. And so they, you know, made me a member of the Argent Tide. And then a couple of weeks later, I was like, hey, so you guys are um, offering to turn somebody undead so that we can win the Blood Feast. Here's my reasoning for wanting to do that. I'm, I'm low level. Uh, one of the main reasons why people haven't taken this option is because they're already powerful characters and um, there was a chance that this would turn them extremely powerful, even more so, um, if they won the Blood Feast. And so they didn't want to have to deal with another super powerful undead who could potentially turn against them. So I was like, if even if it does increase my power level, everyone else here can still take me down, right? And um, I'm very, um, like, not committed to my character at this point, right? Like, she's basically just me in a costume because I didn't really know who Lita was yeah. yet, you know? Like, that takes a while to it, develop. It does. It takes a while to kind of figure out how to, like, be a character and not just yourself. Um and so, you know, I, I gave them all my reasoning for wanting to try this. Um, and they were like, 
okay, well, you know, what, what does the rest of Northwatch say? And I was like, I'll work on them. So then we had a fireside Mm -hmm. and, you know, I just kind of, I started talking to members of the town that weren't there very often. And so didn't really know a whole lot about what was going on. And I was like, you see, these are our options that, and we've been pursuing this one, but this one over here, turning me undead is actually the better option because of these reasons. And they were all like, yeah. So then when it came to a town vote, I had a lot of people on my side (laughs) (laughs) because they didn't really know everything that was going on. Well, then Plot gave me a helping hand and turned Kaizran crazy, who was the undead that we were supporting before that. And so it forced the player's hand into my direction. Um, And I honestly believe that if... Sneaky, sneaky indeed. Especially by ignoring Banner, you were super sneaky. So if I hadn't, as a player, decided to make that choice to uh, turn myself undead, I believe that Plot would not have made Kaizran turn against us. She would have been the right choice and we would have moved forward, right? Like... And, and maybe eventually she would have turned against us, but I think that if, um, and, and this is all just speculation, but the fact that, um, that I had volunteered, they, they pushed things into, you know, into my ball court, and so I got the rest of the town to, to agree to support in doing this, and, um, and so I went and they turned me undead, and we ended up winning the blood feast, and... Um, yeah, so the uh, original um, lines that, that Lita had been given were that she was going to, um, this, this was going to wear off, is exactly what, what they said. They were like, the effect of being undead will wear off in about three months. I mean, they even had Reginald inspect the item and, you know, and and that's what what he was under the impression of as well. And then three months came and went and I was still undead and more time passed and more time passed. And then eventually the Argent Tide came to find me and kill me because the Argent Tide is an organization that is against super powerful uh, non Human creatures? Non-living. Non-living. Anything I mean... That, anything that takes the free will away from man. Right. Anything that takes the free will away from man. Right? And so they were like, well, we can't have an undead in our ranks. So first, we're stripping you of your rank, and you are no longer a member of the Argentide. Wow. And... Um, and second, we're going to kill you because you obviously enjoy being undead and we're not okay with that. And I was like, no, no, no you're the guys, you guys are the ones that said I was going to be undead and that this would wear off, and it didn't, so y'all are the ones that went against your word. It was, it was, a, it was a back and forth for several months um, on this, and eventually we, we came to a pass where they were like, okay, um, we believe you, you're, you're on our side. Um, I um, had a, a powerful ritualist try to bring me back to life, which should have worked, 
and I was notified out of game by plot that had I wanted to come back to life, it would have worked. But since me as a player didn't want to not be undead, because I enjoyed the role play aspect of it so much, <laughs> that she it, likes it failed to, um, to bring me back to life. So... As soon as you turned into an undead, did your character sheet change? Um, so the character sheet itself did not change. I still retained all of my regular abilities um, as Lita. They just uh, added what they call a template to it. They said, okay, this is um, an undead template that lays on top of your character, right? So now um, instead of being healed by heal you are now healed by drain and instead of um and at the time when i first turned undead um in order to stay alive i had to consume the flesh oh, of a sickly yes. creature once an event that reminds me of another one of my questions so. <laughs> and i um if i didn't consume the flesh of a cyclic creature once an event uh i would die i would take a death um and that was very morally uh, taxing for me. I wasn't a white knight yet. I was actually considering going black knight um, at the time, but it was it was so morally taxing for my character. She, ha- Lita, hated having to eat people. Um, I always generally like got permission from a player character um, to uh, eat them basically, and then bring them back to life um so that i wouldn't die but it was it was so morally taxing for me that's actually what turned me to white knight was that idea of um having to sacrifice others well-being for my own super uncomfortable with it but as candace i loved the role play aspect and everything that was involved with having to eat people (laughs) So what was your other question? Uh, let's see. What's this character name? I want to hear the story about you when you ate... Um, Zisto? Yes, Zisto. <laughs> that was the best one. Okay. So um, I... Uh, no, not me. My husband's character, Zarn, um, had paid Tarquin to keep me alive. To keep me fed. Okay, so if we didn't run into a cyclic uh, creature while we were questing, um, he would be in charge of finding me somebody who was willing to let me eat them. So he makes this deal with uh, Wizard Zisto. And he's like... uh, Lita like needs sustenance. Um, are you willing to do that? And Zisto's like, uh, I don't know. I, I don't know if I'm comfortable with that. And and Tarquin says, Well, why don't why don't I do this? I'll make a record of it for you. Apparently, we need to stop hitting so, the table. So <laughs> I'll make a record of it for you, so uh, that you can study this later. And, you know, see, see what knowledge you can gain from it. Because Zisto's really big into, you know, studying and all, and all that stuff. And so he uh, agrees. Real quick, Zisto is a dark elf sorcerer kind of wizard Right, he's guy. a wizard, yep. And um, 
So he says, well, I want to be alive when, when it starts. Um, <laughs> and so Tarquin is making a record, which is basically in-game for saying, taking video. Um, we need this video. And he was like, but I don't want to alarm anybody. Um, so give me a silence poison. <laughs> so, so we silence poison Zisto. And I put him into his bleed count because nothing, like it doesn't help me at all actually until they're dying. They have to be in their death count in order for it to um, nourish me, okay. right? So, um, so I had to role play eating him for a minute and a half because he's got a minute bleed count and then I have to uh, consume flesh for 30 seconds while in their death count. So I role play eating him for a minute and a half and he is like twitching and flailing and like it was, it was so hard to keep a straight face because it was so funny. <laughs> but it was like horrible and like several townspeople like came around the corner, saw what was going on, freaked out and turned around. <laughs> oh my gosh, that video actually made rounds at dinner afterwards for a couple months. Yeah, we need so this video funny. for next week. <laughs> I don't know I don't know if, if Tarquin still has it. I've asked him before and it's been a while. I don't I'll know if he to, still has it. I'll have to message him on the boards, but uh Yeah. Yeah, apparently we need to stop hitting the table. It makes the microphone pop, so Sorry. That's all right. <laughs> Thanks for that little tidbit by the way. No. I want to see this, says Boji. <laughs> yeah. Wasn't he like screaming, but because he was silenced, yes. like nothing was coming out. So yeah, it's like, it's like, this is like the oh worst form of torture if she really and wanted was, to do it. He was sitting on a chair too while we were doing it. So he's like flailing and like, oh my gosh, it was, it was like to die for humor. And everyone is like trying to keep a straight face and being like horrified. Oh, it was, it was beautiful. See, that is LARP in a nutshell. <laughs> Eating your friends while they scream in silence. <laughs> You're making me spit coffee out my nose. Please don't. <laughs> At least it's not super hot anymore, right? Or is it still hot? Oh no, it's cold. Yeah, I was gonna say it would burn. It would gone. burn twice if it was still hot, but oh man. Yeah, it was. It was pretty amusing. That's another one of my favorite memories, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say I don't know why, but yeah, that sounds like and I and I had heard a little bit about that when you got drunk, so that's why I had that's why I brought it up. So yeah, yeah, that was funny. <laughs> just don't just don't mention the riding a chair through town. That's fine. <laughs> Lita doesn't get drunk very often, but when she does, she goes all out. <laughs> yeah, she does. So. Well, we'll see if we can get the video for next week, Nevis. Yeah. yeah, you'll have to try and get it from Josh. I'm not sure. So, by the way, speaking of next week, I was going to do, like, the tools of the trade, you know, and talk about making LARP weapons and armor and different things like that, and then just kind of going into just more just kind of chatting. But would you guys 
rather have me interview because it'll be it'll be Lita or Candace again that I'll be interviewing, um, which she's okay with that. But would you guys rather see LARP is eating? Oh man, she made a Levitt's made oh a clip of that. Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! Oh, he made a clip of me. That needs to be a quote, by the way, too. Nevitz, if you can hear me, put it on stream SLCs. <laughs> but that needs to be a quote, too, that goes into my quote channel for LARP sure. Is LARP eating. is eating your friends while they scream in silence. So, that's, <laughs> so <laughs> thank you for that, Nevitz. That's pretty good. Uh, that's a good quote. That's a good, that's a good little clip. So. Um, but anyway, back to it. Would you guys like to have me interview somebody else instead and then get back to her? Um, is that drunk LARPing? Is there drunk LARPing? Oh, so, yes. Yeah, so different LARPs have different rules about this. Um, at Mythic, you're you're totally uh, fine to drink um, as long as you're not endangering other characters, other players. Um, at Alliance, um, alcohol and drugs are strictly not allowed. Well, there's no drugs at Mythic either. Well, there's but... no drugs at Mythic. At Alliance, uh, alcohol and drugs are strictly not allowed. If you're caught using them, you will be kicked out and you're not allowed to return. Um, but Alliance does have uh, in-game roleplay intoxication poisons and stuff like that that you can use. So. Yeah. So, yeah, you can get drunk. And I've had a few. I've never gotten drunk in-game, but I have thrown down a few. So... <laughs> But she did get drunk one time, so. And it I was, mean, one time is Lita, and then one t- time all weekend. You weren't there. No, that was the for, one I missed. For the July weekend, I was drunk. Well, the entire time. The weekend that you got drunk, the bartender was like, down, or the tavern keep was like downing them all day, every day. Uh, yeah, like. yeah. So he was always a bit tipsy, too. So, yeah. But yes, there is drunk LARPing, so. Thanks for watching and sharing Airstar hugs. Oh, hug. Man, there you go. That's my thing. But uh, at Mythic, if you are drunk, you are not allowed to wield a weapon. You can still use spells, though. Right. Because it's it's too hard to accidentally uh, hit somebody the wrong way uh, if you're drunk uh, with a weapon. But with a spell packet, it's more likely that you're just not going to hit anything at all. <laughs> With the spell pack. You're gonna hit the you're gonna hit the third one that wasn't really there. Yeah, so but uh would you guys like to have me interview somebody else next week instead of uh Candace or what what would you guys like to see? I think giving another person would be Yeah, like I would probably do my brother next week, Boji Smash, because be totally Yeah. Yeah, we yeah, because I mean honestly, like I I I almost did him as my first one. Like I probably should have, because he's my brother after all. But <laughs> well, we didn't. It ended up being this way. But so what do you guys want to see next week on this one? So I love Candace, but it's up to you. <laughs> it's up up to Bud. That's good. Oh. Well, I'm asking you guys because you're the audience. This is what I'm up for anything. I mean, I'm as, as long as people are here and they're asking questions and talking, I'm up for anything. But I would like to see what you guys would like to see because you're the audience and that's what's important. So yeah, and regardless of if I come back next week or not, I will be coming back sometime. Yeah. To uh, talk about crafting and and just other stuff. Yeah. She'll always have stories. I'll always have stories. But why not both? 
to have like you and Nevitz and Candace and Divas, I won't yeah. be going to the September one because it's the wrap up of. You should come NPC. I'm going to be NPCing the entire weekend because that's it's the storyline that I only NPC for. I yeah, know all I know. of the backstory for it. I don't even know all the backstory. I NPC for it occasionally, but it's for a storyline that I'm not involved with, so I won't be do. But like next year, we can do that. But so you guys want both me? You want Candace and Nevitz? do that okay all right we can do that so sounds like that's what we'll do next week we'll we'll address as a different character next week (laughs) (laughs) that's fine i mean so my alliance character did start a problem yeah we do need to show up you have to show up in full costume so you started. A, are you going to dress up as your alliance character then? Yeah, I'll probably dress up as my alliance. That's character. fine. I and mean, we, unless we want to talk more like in-game mythic stuff, then I can come. We as can Aziza. still. We can still. You talk. didn't get to meet Aziza, so maybe I'll come in as Aziza. Yeah, that was the weekend I missed, so I I couldn't get it off. Well, yeah, money was a big issue at that point in time. So yeah, yeah, we do need to. Yeah, we'll wear full costume, except for I won't make her wear armor because. She'd be sitting like a robot, like straight oh, up. Yeah. She'd be so uncomfortable. I yeah. told her she didn't have to wear her armor because it's full plate, and that's just not comfortable. So, yeah, it's not at all to sit in. I mean, like, I've actually gotten uh, a lot stronger since wearing my armor. So when I first started wearing my plate mail in May, I wore it for the first weekender. Um, I struggled so hard, like. I had to sit down. I had to, like, get the weight off my shoulders. And and I felt like I was doing, like, whatever this lifting motion is, whatever, like, all day long. It hurt my shoulders so bad. And and eventually, as I wore it more and more, it, it wasn't so bad. And, like, sometimes I'd wear it without the pauldrons just to, you know, not have quite so much weight on my shoulders. Well, this past weekender, it didn't bother me at all. And I was like dang and then i looked in the mirror and went like this and i was like yeah i've got traps (laughs) see ever since i started wearing this my shoulders don't hurt anymore so my shoulders hurt for different reasons because the actual scales would dig into my skin so uh apparently uh, there's some in kind of some kind of insider joke that i'm missing (laughs) aziza and bradshaw sitting in a tree you know who bradshaw is right I'm assuming it's your husband's character? No, Deb's character. Oh. Bradshaw, Captain Bradshaw. Oh, okay. So, <laughs> Captain Bradshaw Got drunk. Uh, sleeps with anything and everything and is constantly trying to get in bed with everything, right? <laughs> so, Aziza, my other character that you didn't get to meet, is basically the same way, but not quite so crass. Okay, Bradshaw is super crass. Well... Aziza had been working on trying to get into bed with people all day and hadn't really been successful. You should have asked Boji because he'll take you back to the Hall of Smash (laughs) to smash any day. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. So then uh, the, the person that plays Bradshaw, um, she... I don't think her husband will watch this. <laughs> she she was like, oh my gosh, I need to come in as Bradshaw. Oh, I need I love to come it. in as Bradshaw. 
And so that night, we're all sitting in the gambling hall, gambling and drinking, and and I'm I'm sitting on Frack's lap, and Bradshaw comes in, and she was like, hey, you. And I was like, yeah. She's like, you've heard of me, right? And I was like, she's all, Captain Bradshaw. I was like, oh, yes, I have heard of you. (laughs) And I got up, and we walked out together. (laughs) (laughs) And then she was like, all right, role play that however you want to. I'm going to bed. (laughs) That's fun. Well, uh, okay, biggest question. Do you role play STDs? I I mean, it's never come up in games, so... Okay, so as Aziza, because um, I made this character, someone who basically makes her living by... having other people provide for her because she gives them pleasure, right? Like that's that's her whole like way she survives. She doesn't care about coin herself. She just wants to make sure that you will pay for her, right? So, so um, she always has purify potions on her. That's part of the role play that I decided to have for her because, well, of course she'd have purify potions on her. Not that like, they're useful, you know, in combat if you need to, to cure a disease or whatever. Sure. But that's not why she carries them, right? She carries them for a roleplay reason. That's funny. And the fact that she has them just is that suggestive roleplay, right? Let's see. There was a bear involved, too? Yes. <laughs> yes, there was. Yeah, she was like... When, when she was explaining, she was like, all right, so you can role play that however you want to. I'm a happily married woman. I'm going to bed. <laughs> She's like, just know that at some point there's a bear involved. And I have found out since then that this bear is something that always gets involved with Bradshaw <laughs> somehow okay. or another. And so I was like, all right, there was a bear involved. I'm down with that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I guess the answer to your question, Outlander, is that she has sort of role-played it, but she has kept it so that she is still clean with those purify potions. So Yeah. That's that's basically... I mean, I'm doing the same thing with um, uh, Lilith, who is my alliance character. It sounds like it. She, um, uh, she has cleanse uh, a spell the cleanse spell she also has the um endow spell (laughs) and so every every spell that i picked for lilith uh was for role play purposes like shackle oh geez and release (laughs) why is they're useful why is there what does endow do outside of role play like (laughs) it's like um uh potency in mythic so it gives you it oh, grants, it grants strength, strength. And okay stuff like that so yeah okay <laughs> this kind of adult role play is not super common that is true yeah no it's it's not super common and actually i haven't seen any of it at all really in, at mythic until i brought in aziza well in july two, not saying that it hasn't happened two years yeah. ago when the first bar when the barbarians first showed up uh-huh. those two brothers or whatever yeah. They kind of got in trouble because they kept walking around while asking asking every woman if they were a female of the night or something like that. So, <laughs> so they, they they need to be there when you play no, Aziza. They were there. Were but they, they weren't as their barbarians? Were they the Parthens? They again? were the they were the Parthens again. And I was like, yeah, I'd like to put that cat in a sack. Oh, 
You don't want to see this cat in a sack. I make really strange noises like... <laughs> Those two Parthens were great, man. They were awesome. It was it was a good time. Yeah, no, adult role play isn't um, isn't super common at most any LARP. Um, I guess in, unless I walk in. <laughs> you know, it's late hour. No. Yeah. Yeah, it's usually late at night when people get tired and alcohol gets involved. Those kind of things yeah. can start happening, but uh, or when alcohol gets involved early in the day. Yeah. So. <laughs> Right? Strength 13 and his health. He's surprised he doesn't get Nevitz. With Boji's strength at 13 (laughs) and his health, I'm surprised he doesn't get hit on more in-game. Yeah, well, you know, next time I bring in Aziza, we'll fix that. (laughs) Yeah, I told you. That's why we called it the Hollow Smash. Mm -hmm. Just kidding. That's not the real reason. There definitely were jokes about it, though, for sure. So... Awesome. <laughs> good times, good times. I like I like making people just like a little uncomfortable. I like I like to see where people's boundaries are. I'm pretty good at like judging people's comfort level. And so like I'll I'll usually start with like a small joke, like a a, a little innuendo and see like how they react to that and then bump it up a notch or bump it like up in frequency to see where people's comfort level is. And then, like, if I can tell that they're uncomfortable, then I just back off. I right? have learned so many things about people because of that. Like, not even, like, I'm not the one asking the questions, but other people are, but uh, that's what she said, yeah. <laughs> I've learned a lot about people from other people and bumping it up a notch, and I'm like, I did not expect that person to even respond or go there with their response, so... Yeah. Yeah. There have been some things that I was like, wow, I did not need to know that about you, and I'm surprised you even went there. But <laughs> so. Oh, yeah, you. Yeah, we'll have to talk later. Anyways. <laughs> yeah, tra- trying to keep this family friendly. We've already we've kind of gone a little out of there, but that's all right. Sorry, but. I'll... <laughs> what was the question, really? So it's all right, though. So. Well... Oh, uh, woohoo! More che- he's totally the bit boss. Like, if I had the yeah, bit boss going, he'd be the bit boss big yeah. time. So, we'll have to fix it next week. Yeah, I, I can, I can manually make him bit boss. So, yeah. I appreciate that, Jack Trades. Woo! All the biddies. All the biddies. <laughs> Good times. Well, I feel like this is like a natural kind of ending point for this. So, it's already gone on longer than I anticipated, which is fine. Um, that means it was. It went well. So I appreciate everybody being here. Um, We are going to try to turn this into like a podcast audio thing for you to be able to hear. So the stream has been active for three hours and 21 seconds. Yeah, I was only going to do this for two hours. So sorry. No, no, this is fine. This is totally fine. Like, yeah, I mean, two hours was just when people said they'd listen to the podcast. But I've had people here talking, interacting, and that's yeah. what all, I mean. We've been interacting, and that's what matters. So, absolutely. Um, so, if you want to follow, can you post my Twitter on there? I, I, I don't know if there should be a timer that's been showing it, but I haven't seen it yet. So, if you guys want to follow me on Twitter when I get the podcast up, I'll post the link for the podcast on there so that you guys can take this on the go. And 
I guess, laugh in the car at our jokes or what have you, or, or let other people hear this that weren't able to see it. But, uh, yeah, next week we'll be doing this again starting at noon Mountain Standard Time. Uh, next week we'll have uh, Aziza, and we'll have Boji Smash. So we'll see how that goes. It'll be fun with all three of us. So Yeah. And uh, we are streaming today from Ascendance Gaming Center. Yes, anybody here from Utah? Come check out Ascendance Gaming. They've got computers. They've got two got ultra. A pretty sweet setup here. They've got two ultra computers, three ultra computers, so you can play WoW Classic with the bestest graphics ever. And I mean, I can play WoW Classic with the bestest WoW Classic graphics with my crappy computer. <laughs> and they have two VR setups. So if you want to come on down, retro consoles. Retro consoles. Nice. Was Monday Smash Night? Monday is their Smash Melee night. Friday night is buy one, get one. So any hour you buy, you get... Sometimes. Right now we are running through tomorrow. Buy one, get one. Oh, so the rest of this weekend, buy one, get one. So you buy one hour, get one hour. Buy three hours, get three hours. It does not work on passes, though. So, um... Let's see. We are streaming today from the Wild Arms. Yeah, on Thursday I should be streaming the original Wild Arms. I was supposed to start this week, but I was sick, so I didn't make it. So, if you want to have any uh, updates on what's going on, follow me on Twitter or follow my or join my Discord, and we can chat on there. Especially if you have any ideas about LARP, other things that you would like to see, I'd like to know. So, I appreciate everybody being here. Um, as soon as this ends, we're going to take probably about a 30-minute break, and then I'll start back up again with Stellaris. I'll be continuing my per was per my campaign where i'm playing the uh words yeah words <laughs> i forgot i'm playing i'm trying to assimilate all the galaxy as my little teddy bears that have been <laughs> mutated by a parasite so come join us while we do that afterwards this i'll probably do that until 5 five thirty maybe We'll just see how that goes. So anyway, thanks everyone for being here. Thanks for hanging out. Thank you for all the questions. I really appreciate it. And remember, nobody cares how much you know until they know how much you care. Bye, everybody. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. Bye. Listen to the LARP Lounge live on Sundays at 12 p.m. Mountain Standard Time at twitch.tv slash Aerostar. That's twitch.tv slash A-R-R-U- S-T-A-R. Ascendance Gaming Center in Salt Lake City, Utah is a proud sponsor of the LARP Lounge. Ascendance Gaming offers top-of-the-line gaming PCs, VR stations, retro gaming consoles, and board games. Located at 583 Billings Road, Suite Number 5 in South Salt Lake, Utah. Mention this ad and get a free hour of PC game time.